passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. From superchargers, roof rack, exhaust kits, LED lights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with the eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts that you need at the prices that you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. people uh, by the way welcome to the bubble the love sponge podcast or the bubble the love sponge show podcast or whatever we're calling it and um don't not my guest don't even don't even make a word don't even make no words no sounds no nothing <clears throat> because a lot of people have asked me uh, man you need to do a show with this dude and maybe, like, uh, start doing some limited stuff with this dude. And I always liked this dude, but, you know, the dude was a fuck-up. And, you know, this and that. And I'm like, you know, I like this dude. I really like this dude. But, you know, the dude's his own worst enemy. And we have remained friendly. And so... <laughs> Welcome, Tuttle. How are you, buddy? I'm I'm wonderful. How are you, Bubba? I'm doing great. And... I think I, I think I've seen you limited, like some on some limited stuff, you know, since you've left uh, the show. It was a baseball game where you were supposed to throw oh. out the first pitch. Was oh. the last time I saw you. Yeah, and I could not believe. Well, I kept up a little bit. I'd seen you like I think maybe on YouTube or something like that, and I'd seen how skinny you gotten, and you know, like I really, honest to God, thought that your soberness was Tuttle. You know. How often is, have you heard in your career, oh, that's Tuttle being Tuttle, or you're getting Tuttled up, you, you, know, know, you know? It was it was funny. I didn't realize it until I walked away. Uh, you, When I saw you uh, at the baseball game, you got really close to me. You were, like, real close talking to me, yeah. and then I realized what you were doing. You were, uh, you were trying to smell my breath. Because a lot of times when you worked here or when you lived at the race shop or just, you know, we've had a long history. We really have. We've, we, God. 2010. We could really almost do a show on, like, 
our history of how many times you laughed and then you really tried to fuck me over when you were on Drew because you knew that one word wasn't supposed to be spoken and then I forgave you and then you got we got really, really close when I was with Nikki and you kind of like stayed at my house a lot and then you like fucked me over again and then I brought you back and then you you, pull, you know pulled the suicide gimmick and it was just then you lived at the at the racetrack. I mean, you lived at the race shop, and it's like I, I probably out of now. I know that you know you love Ron and Ron mm. as you should. They I, they kind of cut your teeth or kind of got you uh, 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 into radio, so to speak. But other than and I'm really and I don't want you to tuttle me up and put me over. But other than them, I think I've had the most interaction and given you the most chances and like I don't know had done more broadcasting with you than anybody oh yeah well without a doubt without a doubt i you've given me more mic time and treated me like a personality and i think i might be the only person that really made you a bona fide co-host no yeah you are i mean you're always like a stunt boy you know or a a guy on the streets boy or a behind the scenes occasionally on the mic boy but i stepped up and for what a year until you fucked it up you were a bona fide co-host. Yeah, uh, about a year, and then the drinking got really, really bad. Uh, I, I can't. I'm trying to remember when my drinking was. I, I when I was at the race shop, it was pretty bad. Oh though. my god! Oh. And you had it, you had it timed. <laughs> whereas if you stop drink, you could literally take your last nip at eleven o'clock, and by the time your your fucking alcoholic liver and kidneys processed it, you could blow a zero. Because we'd make you blow with these bull- with these little blowers, <laughs> and you could blow you'd blow a zero uh, at six a.m. I knew if I stopped drinking by ten, my body like processed the alcohol so well for some reason. Well, <laughs> it was a well-oiled processing machine. <laughs> it's not like it was his first process. It was con- your your liver was an alcohol processing uh, factory. <laughs> Was it not? Yeah, it, it was, man. And it, I didn't realize. I look back at old pictures. Do you ever look back at old pictures of oh, yourself yeah. and, and you're I, like, man. I almost want to get on the ceiling fan. Yeah. <laughs> but, man, it, it was bad. But, you know, I, the drinking, stopping drinking was the Saved best. your life. Yeah, it did. It did. And and so everybody had told me, you know, because I hadn't seen you since for, for a long time. And I was supposed to do the, the Tampa Tarpon deal. Got rained out. But Colton asked me no 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 you asked me god you know stopping drinking really kind of maybe opened up your mind you like you you turned into a gentleman like you were like you did the right thing like you dissed it the old tuttle drunk tuttle would have just showed up at the tampa tarpon game unannounced uh and been drunk and would have tuttled it up the new sober tuttle Text contacted me and said, hey, was thinking about going to the Tarpon game with Colton. Would you be okay with that? And, of course, I fired back, sure, no problem. But the the old alcoholic Tuttle just would have gone and just fuck it. Oh, yeah. I right? Would've, I would have been, like, I, I would have been on, like, three or four Adderall, 30 milligrams. Oh, yeah. A bottle of, like, uh, o- Old Grandag yeah. or some bullshit. <laughs> right? On an empty stomach, too. No, what was that? What was that whiskey or whatever? Oh, you'd... Dimple Pinch. Yeah, pinch. Yeah. How how much did pinch cost back then? Uh, it was not cheap. It was like $45 a bottle, man. But were you going through a bottle a night? Yeah. I no, could. for real. No, I, I could easily. I could. 
And then, and then, like when I would go through the real hard, like the expensive stuff, I could, I knew there was a liquor shop like right down the street from the race shop. They would get, uh, it was a plastic bottle. You know, you can get cheaper whiskey in plastic bottles. I can get a nine dollar like quart of whiskey, and it was the cheapest rock gut. Yeah. <clears throat> And I would drink that. Now, was that a different fuck up? Was that a different drunk than like premium, like good stuff? Yeah. Yeah. The heartburn is a lot different. Like I would wake up in the morning as soon as because I would sleep on the couch downstairs. Like, and then who all lived there at one time? Uh, me and B. Fudd. B. Fudd really got me in trouble because remember how I told you I'd stop drinking and right. B. Fudd found my hidden bottles. He, there. Was, he was a fucking handful, was he not? Oh, God. Bob up. And the Man. thing about it, Tuttle, is if he if he just would have listened to me and not been so fucking creepy, I could have made him a star. You know, being my sports guy, going into the locker room and asking Tom Brady. Like, they, they could not have really denied him access based on being special needs, right? No, and we got the best parking, too, when, when we went to the Bucks games. It was it was so great, man. Oh. And, but, and, but he just... What was so... Fu- was, it, he, was he a pervert? Was he like, we know what your problem was. You were an alcoholic. Okay. So, but, and when you peel all that down to your core and as, as you are now, you're a good person. You're a great person. You look good. You got a normal job. You're clear thinking. But what was his fucking major problem? I I think you kind of gave him too much right off the bat. And he did like maybe become, like superstar itis. Yeah, he got a sixty-two ego. Right, right. And so, but like, was he a perv? Uh yeah. He, I would catch him because he would not sleep at night, and he was not sleeping uh, upstairs with me. And he barely ever slept because he thought if he closed his eyes that I was going to do something. He to thought him. you were going to come on him. <laughs> yeah, he did. <laughs> oh, not but Tuttle, you have to admit that you had him fucked up in the head. Because well, I mean, you can fuck up even a normal man. You can get, you can Tuttle up a guy and have him all kabukied out. So you know how. Listen, you know how to work, and you and you're working a sixty-two. And so you had him convinced that he as was soon eating as he... his cum. That's that's why. And and he started. I think he actually started believing it. Everybody. Now, I he said, really never ate his no, cum. No, did he? Uh-uh, no. But you started this whole big. You eat your cum rumor, mm-hmm. and he flipped out on it. Right. Yeah. <laughs> you remember when I when it, when I uh, took his uh, little chest that 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 uh, oh that uh, war that... that big fucking junk oh. war chest of his. <laughs> He freaked out. He want, He wanted. He took a grinder and was like chasing me with it because we were gonna grind off the lock on his trunk. Right. Uh, oh. So, but he was he harmless or was yeah. he like really deep down could have been a serial killer? Ah, uh, he could be, but like he's the type of an op- opportunist uh, serial killer. Like he he's only gonna go after like weak people, you know, ones that he could take. And maybe- yeah, I don't. I don't think he's that way. I just think that he likes to. Now, did you ever catch him jerking off? Uh, yeah, I mean, he took very long showers. Yeah, he really. Did. Yeah. Now, did so he never would. Now, did you stay upstairs? I or did. He, you did. Mm-hmm. And so, and then he would he would stay on the couch downstairs. Yeah, he, and he never slept. Never now, slept. Did that, did that old building get scary sometimes? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> it yeah, did. Yeah. Uh, you actually, I don't know if I should tell this story. Yeah, tell it. Uh, well, I, I you left. Uh, you, maybe you had something there for home protection. Uh, and I, there was one night I heard somebody like knocking on the door and trying to get in. And I slept with that like right next to my pillow the whole time because I really did think the, 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 the Spanish guys next door, I, that was the other thing. 
because uh, they got mad at us one time. Remember the guys at the body shop? Right. Oh, yeah. What they get mad at you about? Uh, no, remember, like, I guess they, remember you shared the forklift with them? Right, right. Yeah, and you couldn't get it back, and you went over there, and you kind of cut a promo on them, and the guys were wanting to fight. Yeah? <laughs> yeah. And so they just, you guys were just an extension of me, Yeah. so they still didn't like you. Yeah, they they didn't. They... And well, and then Trace was rolling around, and he was a bad influence. Uh, oh, well, we took your... I know, you took my mopeds and out. trashed them. Yeah, he was jumping, uh, you know, his little drainage ditch yeah. with the concrete. He was just full blast, hammered down, uh, just jumping them. Now, supposedly B-Fud's all on that side of the fence nowadays. Like, uh, that's one of the reasons why I don't have anything to do with him anymore, because he plays both sides of the fence. Yeah, I, I could see that. You know, like, I've been asked to go on the show oh, I numerous know. times. And I, I just, I did not, old Tuttle, you know, once again, oh, yeah, old Tuttle, Tuttle right. went. Yeah, of course, Mike, I'll be right over. And let me tell you about Bubba. He's a real fucking asshole. He really is. And, you know, just burned another bridge. You know, the rumor that he was saying about me is that you were paying me under the table to make fun of employees you did not like on the show at the time. What? Yeah. Did you I was that? trying to settle employees down on how much they hated you, and they were always giving me a hard time as to why I kept employing you, and I was like, you guys don't get it. The guy is fucking br- is great radio. He's great radio when he, you know, and I can get, I can get good radio out of him. I, I mean, I, I miss it. I do. I, I really do. And, and that's why you, I started probably, the podcast. You probably miss this type of radio. Yes, I do. Yes, of course. Podcasting is a whole other thing, yep. especially by yourself podcasting. You know, you're talking. you got to carry the conversation, only thing to bounce off of. But when you get two people that know how to do radio, and, and, and that, that can transcend into podcasting or blogging or vlogging or whatever the fuck, but... And that's probably what you miss is bonafidely yep. good radio. Yeah, I, 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 I couldn't have said it better. I, I, I will tell you doing the show by myself has made me a better broadcaster per se, like being able to, you know, carry, a, yeah. carry on a topic. Yes, of course. And, and I think that's the great thing. But I, I do miss being a part of a, a cast or a show or whatever anybody wants to call it. I, I love I miss it, but I had to be responsible, you know, after my pops died, you know, I, I had to get my now, shit together. Now after your dad died, now were you still were you sober? Did your dad ever get a chance to see you sober? Yes. Mm-hmm. He, he did. Yep. And was he he had to be super proud of that. Oh yeah. Because he, he was. It, because it's not it's absolutely night and day from what he was used to for like the what fifteen? I mean, how long were you, uh, you know, Tuttle alcoholic Tuttle? During my marriage, I really did not drink. When I got divorced, I it just went all downhill. Now, has your ex seen the new Tuttles, I, like Tuttle two point I probably talk to her once a week. But has she physically seen? No, no, no. I Tuttle two o. I haven't seen her. Can we, let's, can we start calling you that Tuttle two o? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, because you know, Tuttle Two O, it's the it's the re it's the relaunch of 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 the phenomenon. Yeah, you know, like I've been going to therapy and stuff now, and I've been trying to make amends with you know all the people that I've completely fucked over. You know, and, and if we were to make a list of those, like who would they be? Like you know, like oh, def- definitely you. Yeah, but you you don't have to make amends with me. Like you and I are cool. Like uh, you and I, you wouldn't be in here today, and you and I keep in touch, and like fuck. You you don't have to be you don't have to ask your therapist about me. You and I are cool. Well, I, you know, 
I really did do I, my wife. I did a lot of bad shit though. Like you know, like when I used to drive over here. Remember, like the one time you fired me, but I would still go over to the mall and I'd sit out in the parking lot and wait for you to say something like, "Hey, we want to do this stunt," and I would, uh, you know, call the house. I'm, I'm, I'm across the street. I'm blah, right blah. across the street, boss. Yeah, I would drive over, and my wife thought I was going to work, and I was getting paid every single day. Right. So that's when you were still married. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, but. Do you feel you have to make amends to her? Uh, I just wanted to. Has be... she remarried? No, uh, no. She she's living with somebody though. Oh, okay. And she actually lives in Georgia. So. Oh, she does. Mm-hmm. Now, how about your your love life? Ah, it's non-existent, man. Like I, I'll tell hey, you. Hold what. on, you're at your all-time best. Mm-hmm. No, for real. No, I... like I mean, your teeth are fixed. You're in shape. You're skinny, muscular. Like you look. You look better. How, how old are you for real? I just turned 43. See, at, you look better at 43 than you did at 30. I, 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 got, I, can't, I can't disagree with you on that. Right. And so you should just be po- – and, and you are charismatic. You know how to play you – know you, know, you, you know how to work it. <clears throat> you know how to work. Why don't you have – is it just – is the dating – single scene just such a cesspool nowadays well it is it is but i i plan on in the new year trying to get out and meet people uh romantically and stuff but uh you know self-improvement is a very very lonely place you know because you don't need any of the stress of trying to impress a, a, a woman at the at any given time you just need to work on yourself work but on you've your worked career. on yourself now for what five years uh, two- how long have you been sober uh, a little over, it's almost two and a half years. All right, so let's call it three almost. Okay. So, you, so you've so you been sober for, that was the number, that was the starting and the stopping mm. of fix, fixing yourself, is the getting sober. And getting off the pills, the, the mood-stabilizing drugs. Yeah, they had you on. At one time, I mean, I think, I'm not trying to, first of I'll, all. I'll say it. I know, but I don't want to make you uncomfortable. But, uh, like, at your highest, most fucked-upness, what were you on? Uh, if you're okay to talk about yeah, it. Yeah, I am. I, I was on lithium for a little while. I was on Zoloft, Respiridol. The Respiridol just absolutely killed my dick, the leg. Honestly, I remember how I I could not. I, I didn't even masturbate for like six months, Bubba. Because you, couldn't, when I was you on, couldn't even get I, a bone. I couldn't. Period. Period. So those are three. Then you then you get jacked up on Adderall. Mm-hmm. And then what? Prob- uh, well, I, I Prozac, I've been on that, but you know, when I was in the uh, Funny Farm there, they had me on ten pills a day for the whole time I was there. Like the stuff that you're supposed to take are different stuff. Different stuff, and I, they would give me the shot. And the thing is, is they the booty juice, yeah, the booty juice. But like, if you did not take it, you weren't getting out of there. So I was, man, I didn't know which way I was going. And that. So what do you think that you were on when they when you went to the Funny Farm? What do you think you were on then? Some pretty heavy-duty stuff, man, because they put me Do on... they just like to dummy you down yep. so you don't cause no problems? Yep, yep, yep. I, I mean, that place changed my life. In what way? It opened up my eyes because I As saw... As to how bad you really didn't have it? Yeah, and and it also, you know, I started going to a therapist after that, and, you know, I, I had trauma as a child that, you know, was untreated, and I was self-medicating and stuff, and now that I'm finally talking about that, uh, it, it's, it's helped me understand 
why I am the way I am. I'm not making excuses or whatever, but now I know what I was doing. You Now you know the childhood trauma that you suffered may have triggered mm-hmm. a coping mechanism for, and that coping mechanism was alcohol followed by pills. Yeah, and also, you know, I always tried to, I, I tried to be a people pleaser. I, um... I didn't stand up for myself. I, I, I actually just coated it with substances, a- anything that I could take. So now what year did you get married? By the way, this is, you know, today's podcast could almost be the state of the Tuttle. Like we're getting kind of getting up to speed on, on Tuttle, so to speak. I get so many people that ask me about Tuttle. They're like, bring him back on the show, uh, at least do a podcast with him. So I'm going to let you know my my mindset is I'm going to start with this podcast and see where it goes. He does have a full-time job now, but I'm I'm sure we could carve out a few times a month where we could do more stuff. I, I mean cuz you cuz you do have a place over here that you can stay. The Col- Colton's family loves you, by the way. <clears throat> and most people that have spent any time with you love you. Like you're a likable person. Even when you were a fuck up, you were a likable person. Well, That's what's so hard about quitting you, Tuttle, is because you're a, you know, you're not a mean well, I you can be fucking mean. And I've been on the backside of you being mean as fuck. Like you fucked me over a couple times bad. Yeah. I, bad. I, I <laughs> When I look, but also, Bubba, I was self sabotaging. Do you do you think you've ever done that in your oh, life? Oh fuck yeah! I mean, I saw. I mean, yeah, the rating shit, the the uh, the the Hogan sex tape. I mean, fuck yeah! I'm I'm I don't know who's more of a self sabotager, you or me. I I, mean, I think we might be one and two and two and one respectfully. But maybe that's why we get along so well. And then then I I had a little bit of an awakening because I felt bad because I'm like I didn't know all this and I it, it kicks myself in the ass. Do you, do you ever look and think of where you would be if you did not self sabotage as much as you did? Because I think about it and that that set me back a little bit. I I did not drink or anything. I have a problem with it. I actually. If we were to get somewhat therapeutic on my end of the deal, mm-hmm. I, you know, I have a big time. I I struggle with my mistakes because my mistakes cost me, you know, a lot, a lot. Personally, I, financially, both, both. both. Which I mean, one hurts more? Probably now financially, because personally, I don't know. I to this day, I don't know what to this day, the people that were in the women that were in my life, I don't know if they loved me or they loved the lifestyle that I that I that I lived. So it was self-doubt, even though people see you as the most confident person in the world like you didn't know. Oh, I am fairly confident, but you don't know what people uh, uh, what attraction people have are they attracted to you? Are they attracted to you and your job? Are they attracted to you, your job, and your house? Are they attracted to you, your job, your house, and your status amongst, you know, in the community? Are they attracted to your you, your job, your house, your status, and your stardom? Are they attracted to one of those, two of those, three of those, four of those, all of those, none of those? Are they just attracted to you? 
I see. I don't. I think that's also another reason why now that I'm all cleaned up and everything, not drinking, I, I've been working out. I think I look the best. Uh, I feel the best and look the best that I have in a while. And I think that because I'm not on a radio show right now or I'm in the spotlight, I nobody wants to be with me because, you know, my wife, she when I met my wife at the time, she went out to a radio station event and on purpose to meet me. Well, you know, I think a lot of my success with women, well, I mean, probably, you know, up until recently, I think almost all of my women loved me for the who I am factor. I mean, and, you know, you got to think, weren't you and I, uh, me higher than you, but you in that, uh, at least that discussion, you know, think about us on just kind of the, li- I mean, you were on the very, very low local level. I yep. was on at least, you know, a global stage in Howard and, and I've achieved more things in radio, but we're just little piss ants in the overall stardom of things compared to, be- I mean, think of people like, you know, big rock stars and NBA stars and NFL stars and think like that. Think about how the struggles they got to go through. And is this woman attracted to me because I am, you know, LeBron James, or if I was just some black guy from Akron, Ohio, would they still like me? Right? Yeah. I I mean, I mean, so we struggle with it just on the real piss ant side of things, right? Mm -hmm. Can you imagine what they struggle with? It's a real struggle. What? What? Okay. What about this? Uh, I. I. Well, I don't want to call out by name NASCAR drivers. Some of the NASCAR drivers. Do you think that they would ever be able to get some of the hot? You can call out by names, like Uh, like, for instance, like it's like Kyle Busch. Yeah. You think Kyle Bush would be rolling around with that fucking, no, that big nose fucking nerd boy from fucking Vegas? Hell no. But what about the drivers that met their wife before they got into NASCAR? Like, there's one that sticks out on the top of my head, and I'm just like, yep. He was, uh, Kenny, Kenny Wallace, great yeah. guy. Yeah. But, you know, like. <clears throat> yeah, I mean, his wife, Kim, is, is, is a bigger girl, and, you know, but uh, that just shows you true love. And, like, Kenny never got caught up in nope. the stardom or, you know, because Kenny Wallace may have not been a big-time NASCAR star, but he was in the game for 15 years easily. And and being a broadcaster as well, too. Oh, yeah, I mean, you and, and he's a good-looking, you know, he's a good-looking, in-shape dude. Great personality. So, for yeah, that's true love right there. Like, that's a guy who didn't let... You know the the fame, the being on TV, being an NASCAR drive driver. You know all the fucking hot crickets that rolled up and tried to get Kenny Wallace. He's like, no, you know what? I'm gonna stay with my bigger Midwest girl that I met in St. Louis, and to this day, she's still my wife. I love the fuck. Like, there's a lot to be said about how how admirable that really is. Yeah, I mean, and and here I'll, another thing that you know with therapy, these are all things that I've been learning. Uh, when I was married and I was working over at Real Radio, I mean, I was making okay money, but she wanted more. She wanted to get a house. So I started, I, I got on my dad's ironworking crew. I was welding. I was laying deck on top of the building. Um, and it was cutting away from the radio time. I was making more money, but then she didn't like that. You know what I'm saying? So it was more like, all right, you got to get back on the radio. Right. And like, you know, I've never been with a woman that has said, yeah, you got to get back on the radio per se. But I think on the level that I did radio, it was very attractive to I mean, I, I mean, it was very attractive to the women that I was with. Yeah. No, nonetheless. And then, you know, in therapy, I, I did self-sabotage a lot of my relationships. And I, I had a sick, twisted type view on sex too, not like into like 
creepy stuff, but like I just, you know, I needed it more at the time, and it was kind of like she wasn't giving it up as as much. So I just started like doing things to, you know, fuck you. Well, here's the other thing: when you get and do radio like the way I've done radio, and the things like during the let's just you know during the serious serious XM days mm-hmm. when there were no rules, talking like circa 06 through twelve. No, through 11 to 12. But, you know, that really, if I was to go to therapy, well, you know, I went to therapy two times and both of my therapists quit me. <laughs> Wait, they, they quit you? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. Wait, how it, does that go? How, how she, does it? Well, one, one of them was, her name was Dr. Hill, and she, I lay out my shit, and, and, and she's like, I don't know if you're <laughs> insanely brilliant or you're brilliantly insane. But I don't know, you toggle between your personality and your real self so seamlessly that I cannot get a bearing on who I'm talking with. And she said, most people can toggle, and it's a distinct difference as to who you're talking to. But you have mass, you are a master manipulator, and you can toggle your alternative, you know, personality with your, you have shoestringed your life, your real personality into your shtick so well that I can't get a bearing on which one I'm talking to, and I don't think I can help you. Yeah, I, I've had some really, I mean. And so I, like, she, like, I was like, she's like, you're, a, you're an absolute craftsman at working people and so being, she didn't believe anything you were well saying. she's like i don't know what the truth is i don't <laughs> i don't i don't like she i think she was putting me over but like in a serial killer kind of way and i'm like i'm not like like i'm not trying i'll never hurt anybody i'm like i'm not a raper or hmm. a you know a killer or uh, but i am you know i'm probably pretty I, I don't know what the true word definition of maniacal is. Do you? What 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 maniacal means? I mean, diabolical. Hey, hey Alexa. Hey Alexa. What does maniacal mean? The adjective maniacal is usually defined as of or relating to excessive excitement or enthusiasm, craze. Craze. There you go. What was the other word you're saying? Ah, uh, diabolical. No. Yeah, yeah. Hey Alexa. What does diabolical mean? I have a couple definitions for the adjective, diabolical. One, extremely wicked or cruel. No. Two, of or concerning the devil, satanic. No, no, I'm not that. But, um, you know, you got to be brutally honest. That's that's one of the things. And so I'm being brutally honest, but she thinks I'm working her. And so I just was fucked up. My therapy's so fucked up. You you know what my therapy really is, Tuttle? What's that? Here. This. Yeah. For real, but I mean, like, and 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 I am not trying to be Johnny Swag or Johnny Bra- Braggadocious, but you know, a lot of people don't give me the credit in the infrastructure that I've built in radio, and that there's no other. I mean, Glenn Beck has his own stuff, and there's some upper, you know, uh, Ben Shapiro, and you know, Tucker. I don't know if people really realize or not, but Tucker, for the most, like Tucker lives in Boca Grande, and like Tucker tonight, the the show that you'll see mm-hmm. is being taped, you know, right from you know his house. He has studios in his house. That's when you know you're big time. So uh, I I really am proud in the infrastructure, you know, that I've built uh, here at the com- at my compound, so to speak. And 
that's why I think that the short game of radio um, I've lost, but the long game of content I am so far ahead of these local radio guys who don't have any other digital distribution and don't own their content and don't have a place to do it from and and cannot repurpose anything that they've done on the air. Nope. No, they, they can't. They cannot at all. And and you were talking about this therapy. I don't think there's another radio host uh, that I've ever heard that will talk about stuff that maybe might not put them in a good light. You know, stuff that's embarrassing or right. embarrassing stuff that's I've never I, I had worked with a couple of different shows before you. And, and it made me and look shows at, that are supposed to be like true to the game, you know, mm-hmm. like, you know, shows that are. Men skewing and do similar are, are 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 similar to ours, so to speak. But yeah, but they don't they don't talk about the real. They they say they're talking about the real stuff, but there is a lot more. And they might even be on a, sta- a station that says they're real. You know, <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, I, I I completely agree. And you know that's that's why I think the therapy has helped me. You know because. There was a, you know, like my dad passing away was something that helped me grow up a lot. Helped me grow up tremendously, and you know. Um, now, when you fucked over me mm-hmm. uh, from the funny farm, did your dad? He was still alive. Mm-hmm. Did he? And you came back. Did he? What? What was his spin on all that? I, he he just said, you know, my dad for the longest time was like, you know, he was always supportive of my radio stuff, but he was like. Son, at some point, you know, you're going to have to start, you know, making a life financially for yourself. I'm not did he, saying. Did, did he ever say, son, you got to sometimes take a long, hard look at what the common denominator is? Yep. Because your dad, you know, we were doing your dad a couple of, you know, some stuff. And, mm-hmm. and he seemed like more than anything is like he he wasn't a bullshitter. Like he mm-hmm. would just like if you were fucking up, even though if you, you were his son, like you were, he'd say, you know, son, did he call you Tuttle or did he call you like what he, he called me Pat, Pat. And, and he called me Bugman was his nickname. He if you'd say Bugman, yeah. you you got to get your shit together, Bugman. Yeah, no, he would. He would. Because now I will say I what I thought was one of the worst days of my life. You actually really did give me a gift, Bubba, by firing me that day. You did, because I, I was I, I was able to spend the last year of my dad's life with him. With him. And I wouldn't have got that. And it was during the pandemic. No, both- and and thing about it is, is you working for me daily as a co-host, really, really, we actually had to carve out time for you to be able to go over there because yep. you couldn't even really go over there help efficiently every weekend. It would be like twice a month mm-hmm. you would make it over there. And, you know, uh, um, I think by firing you, I, well, I think it did a couple different things, but it, w- which we didn't even know what we were doing at the time as far as help you know you being able to spend the last little bit of time with your father but it did allow you to you know one i think it sobered you up but two i think it it allowed you to be with your father for his last you know his last year or so yeah and it was during the pandemic they were both high risk people at the time so like i did everything you know they didn't go out i did all the grocery shopping errands taking them to doctors and now when, when when did you get when did i fire you it was during. Uh, it was. Because it was well before the. It pandemic. was. It was September. It was September, and then of uh, nineteen. Yeah, nineteen. Yeah, that's right. And then the pandemic started like March of twenty. Yep. Right. 
and you know i was able to talk to my dad about a lot of things and um you got up in my face that day yeah i did why i don't know you know i like you just got like i I wish i had the break for us to go through i don't i'm not trying to you know like i'm sure it's uh it's somewhere it wouldn't bother me but i mean I look at the time I was pissed off as hell, but you know, like I said, with therapy, I look back on it and I was like, you know what, Bubba letting me go was the best thing that could have happened to me. Because I, if I'm being honest, I would have came back. I probably would have been doing the show. I would have been good for about a month or two, and then I would have went back to my old ways. Let's be honest. You know it. I, I mean, I, you were still drinking at the time, weren't you? No, I wasn't drinking at that time. You were at. During when when I when you tried to commit suicide, yeah. you did not. No, I was not drinking because remember <laughs> the thing that made me stop drinking. Remember that night we did a bubble one ninety nine and yeah, and then uh, we shot you with paintball. Oh no, that was a no, different time. That was the time that where was, remember how many times I've made you say I Patrick Fowler will not press charges on Todd oh, yeah. Clem for shooting me <laughs> with paintball. <laughs> Do you want to know what's funny? It's Tom, I, I don't know if you know Tom Bean called me. He was like, you know, he had a talk. He was like. All right, are we all okay here, Tuttle? Uh, you know, like, because he was like, you know, we don't need you posting pictures, you know, uh, and and going and getting anybody. And and I did sign some stuff. I was like, look, I'm I'm good to go. But yeah, Tom, Tom. I remember calling Tom. I was like, hey, Tom, um, we kind of went overboard with Tuttle. He's like, what do you mean? I go, well, he got fucking blackout drunk on, and we shot him with uh, paintball and airsoft, and it like. Tom, like it's if I was to be really honest with you, it was very, very not cool. Like I didn't it even was, move. It was way over the top, and it was mean, and it was wrong, and we could have a, t- a potential issue here because it was bad. It's bad. And he goes, "Well, how bad is it?" And I go, "Well, let me send you over some pictures." <laughs> so I sent him some some pictures over, and he's like, he got mad at me. He's like, "You know what? I I, I think we need to. Talk, I don't. I I think we need to talk about this in person." <laughs> so I went over there, and he's like. You stupid motherfucker. Do you know that you really have hurt him? <laughs> and I, I was like, oh, fuck him. He ain't going to do shit. You know, and he's like, well, we got to get him to sign something or you better be nice to him or some bullshit because he you, this is way out of line. This is way out of line. And I. And so I was so scared for the longest time that you was going to get some ambulance chaser, dude, show him the pictures. Next thing I know, it's. Tuttle v. Clem in fucking Pinellas County, and you get, those pictures get shown to the jury, and it has you there practically dead with five thousand welt marks on your fucking shit. Remember? I was so passed out. You know, I did not even. I did not feel one single shot. And they were. Those. And you know what, Pat? They were bad. Yeah. I mean, they were bad. It, the, the that was the wor- worst one than when you passed out and we just like put a guitar in, like uh, you know, like took some pictures mm-hmm. of you being. I don't. We didn't hurt you then. Uh, we didn't really hurt you. We hurt you on that on the one we hurt you where we shot you. The other one we didn't. I don't think we physically hurt you, uh, did we? No. Well, that one was not even the worst. I don't think the worst one well, was the one where we shot Tell. you. No. Well, you remember the William Tell thing where you guys, uh, you guys just because uh, I never wanted to be up there on that damn torture rack, and you you want to do uh, the William Tell challenge, and uh, you guys put a you guys put a. a um, the mask on me, and you put an apple on top of my head. And you guys all knew you weren't even going to shoot the fucking apple. We, didn't, we knew no. for a fact we were not aiming for the apple. 
And I, you had me up there. I'm you literally. You guys shot me for like eight minutes straight with frozen paintballs, and I passed out, and I'm hanging like Jesus off the cross. Like it was, it was so so bad. And and you know what you were saying? You'll be all right, Tuttle. You you were you'll just like, right. yo, you'll be all right. Just a couple more minutes. I remember one time I fucked you up so bad, and I was living with Nikki. And, she, and by the way, she was like your best friend. And um, I call her. I, I I come home and I go, hey, um, this is like a Wednesday. And I'm like, hey, um, I want you to invite Tuttle over <laughs> for the entire weekend. And she's like, well, why? Because remember, you guys sometimes would hang out. You know, like if I would be at the track, um, she'd be like, I'm going to have Tuttle over. We're going to watch movies. And then I'd come over and you guys would be watching movies in the theater or whatever. Yep. So I, I never really, you know, like I, I trusted you, you know. And I couldn't get my dick hard then anyway. Yeah, you so. couldn't get your dick hard anyway. <laughs> and so anyway, um, I'd come over. Well, but it, that would happen like maybe, you know, once a month or something mm-hmm. like that. I'd have you over. And um, I said, well, listen, uh, we just really fucked him up bad. And uh, I want to be extra nice to him. So once you have, a, I'm going to be at the track, have him come over. And you guys can have like a little girl's day because you're like a little bitch back then. Oh, yeah. And I'm like... Um, you know, cook him anything he wants and, you know, whatever. And so I had her call you up. And, of course, you fell for it. You're oh, like, yeah. well, yeah, Nikki, you know, I'd love to come over on Friday and uh, we could go uh, shopping and, uh, you know, grill out and stuff and watch uh, Hallmark Channel. Sure, yeah. He completely fell for it. Man. Well, I, I was I was starving for attention because some weekends I'd just sit at the race shop and just drink by myself until I started talking to myself almost. Really? Yeah, I would, yeah, it'd be, yeah. Bad, bad. Now, wh- whatever happened to the one? Ch- did you know? Hey, did you know? Drunk by dawn, drunk by noon, dawn died. No. Uh-uh. Yeah. So I forget. Ricky or whatever, one of them called me up and said oh. that she died. Yeah. Now I feel bad about knocking them out. Remember, you made me fight both of them. <laughs> And you gave you, you gave them at the same time, and you fucking look like Muhammad Ali playing against school children. You made me tie one hand behind my back. They had potato mitts and double-sided dildos that they were hitting me with, and and it was it was a, it was the craziest thing in the world. And uh, out was, of all the radio you ever did, I mean, God, some of the shit you did by far the craziest shit with me. Did you not? Uh, yeah, I you know I, I would say the thing that I'm proud the or the most proud of uh, while doing the show was. Was covering the Casey Anthony trial for you. That that I thought was well. Some you of, did it really well too. Uh, you know. But I, I yeah, there were so many like weird off the wall things. Remember, isn't you it choked amazing? Me? Isn't I? I choked you the fuck out one time. Yeah, you choked me because I wouldn't do the um, I wouldn't do the fireworks challenge. You, well, here's the deal. So, if I can tell the story yeah. now, and I don't think you're gonna press charges on me. No, I think the statute of limitations. Mm-hmm. So Tuttle comes in and he's like, he has an attitude. And I think the reason why he has an attitude is he'd already cut a deal with Drew or somebody to go work for them. Mm, <laughs> so probably. he basically didn't give a fuck what I said. He was just, I don't know if he was trying to get fired or he just didn't give a fuck, but he didn't want to, he didn't want to do this firework deal. Now, we had done the firework deal with him, I don't know, two, three years in a row, and it wasn't a big deal. Like what we would do, honest to God, is we would take like black makeup and put like, like, the have like that he was got all burned up and stuff before we like I'm kind of giving you the inside wow. iggy here but we would we would we would make up and stuff like he got all these blisters and shit before he put on the suit and then he'd put on the suit and then he we'd blow him up with these fucking fireworks and he'd be like um please stop I'm fucking burning please power pick hello I'm burning please for real 200 oh my god 
you know, and all of his shit. And so we just keep blasting away. Well, then we'd have him, we'd hose him down and then we'd do a cutaway and it would be Tuttle like taking off his shirt and he'd have all these like, you know, burn marks and shit, but it was makeup. Like, I don't think it really, I mean, now we can let the cat out of the bag. I don't think you really ever got hurt from it. Uh, the worst thing, okay, so the worst thing, you would you would play it up and like, you, I'd be on this cross and I don't think people realize how heavy it is. Uh, with all those fireworks, plus you're in a race suit, right. plus you have and a, a helmet, helmet on, on, right? And it's claustrophobic. And then you are doing your whole setup, and 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 you you'd know, over, you'd up. almost overheat. Yes, and that was a bad thing. And then you're 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 panting because you're like so hot. And then it's like two minutes worth of fireworks, and you get all that sulfur in your nose, and it burns. Uh, and I don't know why I freak you. I was probably hungover. Right, but it never really. I mean, we had, no, we had uh, done it before, and you knew what to expect, no. and you know, we, we it was kind of a gimmick, you know, it was kind of a you know, it was kind of a fucking carny gimmick, and so Tuttle comes in and he's like, uh, I just want to let you know I'm not doing that, and I go, Tuttle, it's we're gonna do it at the end of the show. You you got to. I don't wanna. I'm like, but, and then when I get serious with him, I go, Pat, you've done it two years before. Did you get her? No, I just don't like it. I go. Well, you're gonna do it. We, we, like what we? No, I'm not. Yeah, and I, we got we got to we got to arguing, and he was kind of like where he was sitting now, and I'm kind of like where I'm sitting now. Well, we kind of met over by where the entrance to the, to the door is. He was walking out. He's like, "No, I'm not. I'm I'm, I'm out of here. I you know fuck this place." And I met him at the door, and I go, "What do you mean, fuck this place?" I mean, <laughs> I, I go, "We, you don't understand, Tuttle. You, everybody in this fucking town hates you. You've burned every fucking bridge. I, I try my hardest, and I really did, Tuttle. Like I always tried to give you another chance, mm -hmm. and you know, places to stay, and shit like that. And like you're like, yeah. Well, well, I didn't know that he'd already cut a fucking deal with Drew, and so he's extra cocky. He would have never talked to me this way had he didn't have something else going. And he just starts being a real fucking dick, and I yoked his shit up like the Undertaker. Yeah, why, yeah, yeah. Both hands in <laughs> right, that corner, right in and, that corner over yeah, there, right, and, Pat. And then twenty five is having to pull you off of me, and like you were like a pit bull. Like. I was like, I was like, you motherfucker. <laughs> and I was like, he's like, um, you're choking me, you're choking me, you're choking me. And and, and Tuttle was like, man, get up, motherfucker, fucking chill out, man. What the fuck? <laughs> chill out, man. You gonna fucking kill that guy? What the fuck? You gonna fucking kill him? I go, I go, and then and <laughs> self sabotaging once again. Oh my God! I can't, I, I can't enjoy anything, you know. Like I, I, the therapy really has helped. I don't want anybody to think I'm being a big pussy talking about, you know. Oh, I go to therapy, and I got to hear, you know, uh, talk about my problems and stuff like that, you know. It, it's it's done me a lot of good, and, and it helped me open up to my dad that last year too. You know, like I I told him a lot of stuff that. I had been carrying, you know, with myself for quite some time. Now, when you talk about your your childhood mm -hmm. um, trauma, trauma is that something that you want to talk about? I mean, I don't want to give out exact, you know, people and who. No, no, no. Just like the circumstance. Like, was there an instance where somebody fucked with you? Yeah. Touched you? Um, yeah. And, and 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 did you keep it in all these years? Uh, from about the age of nine until the last year of my dad's life. You want me to be honest? The reason why I did not tell him. Can I tell you why? Because right. it was probably somebody very close to him, it, and it, he didn't. And you would just have just destroyed. He, he just would have just. 
it would have fucked him up more than he was already messed up. That's my prediction. It was, no, because I didn't want my dad to go to jail because he would have killed the person. That's what, oh, yeah, no, I don't want to say go to jail, meaning he did it. You didn't want him to go to jail because he would have killed the guy. Yeah, he would have killed the guy. Knowing that this guy mm-hmm. did the— uh, It was it, a family <laughs> member. It was a guy. And was he doing super bad stuff? Was it a one-time thing or an uh, ongoing? I would say like a handful of times. It was— It was uh, Enough to fuck you up. <clears throat> Yeah, it was. I can. What can I say here on this show? Oh, we can I'm, say anything. Okay. I just don't want to mention the guy's uh, name. You yeah, know, I'm because, not. I. Uh, yeah, that will cause. Yeah. Hey, I'd love to call the motherfucker out. I really would. Is he still alive? Yep. Yeah, I'd love to call him out, but uh, let's let's be yeah, more I, responsible and, and, and not. And yeah, I'm I'm not going to do that. But, but we can talk about anything. I um I was my first introduction to like anything sexual was me going down on this person at nine yep wow wow and you held that on and you held that until i was until you 42 41 and and you didn't tell your father nobody i'd never told anybody that now who have you told my my mom my dad my therapist you did tell your father Mm mm-hmm the well, last year, but I made him promise. That he wouldn't kill the guy. Yep. Because I didn't want my dad to spend the last year of his yeah, life. Yeah, last year of his life in prison because he would have gone and fucked shot the guy. Yeah, but I, I don't think a jury probably would have, like, put him in jail. But, <clears throat> no. I, I mean, I, I, you know, I— Now, you stay away from this guy? Oh, yeah. Does he—do you—I guess your family functions really only consist of your mom and you. Yeah, yeah. So you don't have to have any interactions. Does this guy know that you— you know, have yeah. somewhat embraced it, like kind of came full circle on it? Yeah, because my, I, when my dad passed, that this person had the balls to- Come like, to the funeral. Well, no, call and, you know, and I said, um, you have not been anywhere and now you want to fucking call and you know what you did to me. And I don't want you anywhere around us. And he, he played dumb and stuff. And I just- Like, what are you talking on. about, Pat? Yeah. Ooh, and you're like, you, and- well, you know what? But why? What, but he, you know what, though? Honest to God, like I know you <clears throat> really well, and that might have been one of the most therapeutic things you could have ever done mm-hmm. by confronting that motherfucker. I didn't go seek him. No, 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 no. When when he called and tried to be all you know Johnny Teary eyed because you know pops had fall you know mm-hmm. dead. You could have just been the old Pat and been passive aggressive and just said, okay, well, thank you, uh, Uncle Jimmy or whatever the fuck. And, uh, uh, you know, but you stood up like a man and and stood up for yourself and said, you know, you know what you did. Fuck you. Pack sand. That might have been so therapeutic that you don't even understand. Like, you know, telling the guy, you know, sticking up for yourself. And, you know, now. Not that you are going to do this, but you know there is no statute of limitations on that. Yeah, that's, but that's, how ca- I... that's capital sexual, you know, battery on a on a child under twelve. Like that's life in prison. But how do you it, prove it, though? Well, not only not, how do you one, how do you prove it? But two, here's what's it'll get dirty, and you'll have to go to court, and they're going to bring up all your radio stunts and all your fucking alcohol. You know when you. Just all the public things that you've done, most juries would not be able to understand that that shtick and, you know, 
You pre- and and by the way, you present well in today's in, in today's world. You'd present well in front of a jury, but you know what? Is it's difficult. It's for not a man, worth though. it. It's it, not worth it. It's but you know I've talked about this in therapy and stuff. Do you do you realize that a lot of this stuff does happen to boys, teenage, and they don't talk about it because, especially as a man growing up in the South, you you get looked at as less of a man. Yeah. No, you're right. Even though you're completely the victim, right? Mm-hmm. You're nine years old. You're being manipulated. You're being sexually battered. You, there, there's no way to cut this as to being a right thing at all. But in the in the geographical area that we live, as we were, as you grew up in the South, even bringing those allegations up, even though they're true and they're the worst things in the world. You get scorned. You get a scarlet A, do you not? Yeah, and, you know, I think that's why one of the leading causes of men, uh, death of men, is suicide. Because men have to take a lot of bullshit. And if men want to be open about stuff, guess what? Oh, suck it up. Be a man. Get be out, a man. Do, yeah, do what you need to do. And I think that's why. I'm not saying that, it, you know, women don't have a hard time with it, but there is a stigma as a man. Yeah, as a woman, you ha- there's less. I mean, you're, you know what? I never really thought about it until you just brought it up, but you're right in the fact that, like, a woman can say, Uncle Jimmy, and I'm just using that name, uh, Uncle Jimmy, you know, touch. I have an uncle by that name. Can we well, <laughs> Uncle Fred. You yeah, got Uncle Fred? Can we say Uncle Fred? Yeah, we can say Fred. You, there's no Fred. There's no, no, no Fred, okay. no. Uh, uncle Fred. Uh, you know, uh, if if Tuttle says Uncle Fred, maybe blow him ten times between the ages of nine and eleven. Tuttle kind of looks like a pussy and less of a man, and you know, and it just gets all dragged out. But if you're if Rhonda says Uncle Fred, you know, fingered me and did some shit. Well, Rhonda is supposed to say that, and 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 sorry, and Ron, and the public feels sorry for Rhonda as they should. And Rhonda doesn't get near the stigma that Tuttle does for for what Uncle Fred did. Right. I mean, I'm not saying. Yeah, I mean, but, but you're right. It is. It is true. And and, you know, like I'll even see. I know that like I know a lot of people are going to fuck with me about this. No, and, they're not. Totally. They really, really Tuttle. I don't, I think that you I, really I have. No, no, no. I don't think that one person will fuck with you on this. I think one person I think everybody would say, wow, you know, as you put the Tuttle puzzle together it kind of, uh, kind of, it kind, it kind of not, not validates, but explains some of your struggles you've had in life. Because I don't care if you're fucking Brian Bosworth, you're The Rock, or you're Pat fucking Tuttle. That's not an easy pill to swallow for any man. You know what I'm saying? Like it, like it's, it's not cool in any, in any way, shape, or form. And it's nothing that anybody, and anybody that would fuck with you about that. There's no wiggle room. Listen, you've given people things to fuck with you about. Yeah. But this is one thing. Like, anybody is less than uh, apologetic and understanding to you about being, first of all, being brave enough to talk about it. I do. I mean, that in itself is is very, 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 very strong. I want to—I think that this happens a lot more than what people know. All right. And, 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 and I, I really think talking about it, if it, get, it can help somebody. You know, like the morning, like when I talk about I trying to harm myself, one of the reasons—well, two reasons. I wanted to hold myself accountable in case I want to do something stupid again, but I also thought it could help somebody. And that's why I've been a little bit more open about this 
that I'm I'm being more comfortable. Like, now, would you having been a victim of this and a survivor of this, and and also lived the life of the repercussions that something like this could do to an impressionable young boy? You you know you know how bad that fucked you up. You right? I mean, it fucked you up. Yeah, I, it, it started the chain. Uh, it just it, it. First of all, there's no way to slice it as it not fucking you up. But you know what? It, it what would you suggest to not that there's going to be any little boys that are listening to this no. podcast, but like adults, adult men that have dealt with it and and they haven't talked about it. Need or to they, need to find a therapist or a friend or a loved one or a pastor or somebody. That you or just even your best friend, even if you're your your best friend, uh, you know, like if something like that had happened to me and I, I, you know, I could call Larry Plummer or I, you know, I could call Dandyock or I could call, you know, Sumo or Tom Bean and say, hey, listen, you know what? This has been just fucking with me. But, you know, when I was nine, such and such did such and such. I think keeping it in. It's a cancer. Is a cancer. It is. It is. And it'll eat you alive. I read this report. Do you realize that uh, men and women, but especially men, uh, that uh, have been victims of childhood trauma, uh, especially, well, any type of trauma, but, you know, sexual trauma, uh, it, their life expectancy is 10 to 15 years less than what it would have been. Had they not. Had not and that not happened. Listen, I never, ever in a million years b subscribed or believed into the stress what stress can do for you and how it can kill you and it can just really take years of off of your life and it can cause you know very traumatic very very bad things for Heart you physically attacks. i never knew i never believed in that i was always like kind of old school like your dad be like man just toughen the fuck up and get through it <clears throat> well the most stressful time of my life was when i was on trial facing five years in prison for the hog deal and here I am, I know, this is circa uh, 2002, so I don't even know how old I was. <clears throat> what was I? I was born in 66, so what's 2002? I'm the worst at fucking math. I'm, what was I, 30, 34, something yeah. like that? And so here I am, I'm on trial. Now, you know, I am fat, and, but, you know, Pat, like, I, I don't ever get pimples on my face. You know that. I have a pretty clear complexion. You got great skin. You know, I don't ever, yeah, I have good, I have good skin. Good skin, good teeth. I mean, I might have a fat ass and, you know, this and that, a few stretch marks here you and there. You moisturize a lot, too. Yeah, I do. But but that being said, I never get pimples on my face. And if I do get a pimple every five or ten years, it's a little one from, you know, maybe sweating or something. Or maybe it's on my nose. Or it's just, it's just a little one. It's not a big deal. Well, when I was going through the most stressful time of my life, when the, the, the state of Florida was trying to put me in prison for five years— I started getting, I was super stressed out. I mean, like, just stressed. And I started getting these boils, these un, these grounder stress boils all up all through my whole chin. My Ugh. whole chin, not just one. My whole chin had, like, four or five. Now, do you know, like, the grounders? They were blind <clears throat> pimples, like, no, yeah. no head, but they painful as hell. Oh, yeah. And so I went to the dermatologist, and he's like, do you have any stress in your life right now? I'm like, fuck. <laughs> and and I'm like, yeah, I'm on trial, you know, facing five years in prison. He's like, I'm telling you right now, man, if you've never had any type of problems, you know, like as far as pimples and things like that, 
and this is just coming out of nowhere at the age of 34 years old. This is completely stress-related. So he gave me this dauber, like this almost bingo dauber. You know how? You, you yeah, got, oh, yeah. Like, and, and, and I was I just would have to daub, dab, dab my face continuously, and it was like an alcohol-based pimple medicine deal. And I would just sit there and dab my face all during the show and all that. But, you know, stress. So I can only imagine at nine, at nine years old, you know what the fuck time it is. Like, you know what's going on. You know right from wrong. I mean, people, little boys know right from wrong by the age of four. Like, we know what's right and wrong. And so since nine, since nine years old, you've had to compartmentalize and keep this closed. I mean, that's not making excuses for the stupid shit that you've done in life, but it certainly did not help your mental health and and, and the overall scheme of things. I mean, I can only imagine holding, I could not imagine holding that in, having been violated that bad. And, you know, a lot, you know, a lot of people call bullshit when you're you black or block things out. That is true. You know, like I'd you, call bullshit tr- on you right now if this was uh, Tuttle circa three, four years ago. But this is the clearest and cleanest that I've ever seen you. And I'm, I'm going to be honest with you. I, I feel Papa like with you. I feel as if like I'm kind of your dad a little Radio bit. Father. We, yeah, definitely. And I, I am so and I even told Colton privately, I said, I am so proud of him on what he has done. I want to try to help him, you know, as best as I can in different things just because, you, I mean, you did it. You, you, I never thought that you, I didn't think you had the strength to sober up. The worst day of my life, well, I mean, I've had a lot of worst days, but me losing this job, which I thought, you know, my whole professional career is over with, I thought, this is it, I have nothing and then it, it ended up being one of the best things because it, it, it made me have to make a lot of changes, you know. And I just knew, like, I was going to end up dead from because I was just drinking too much. And then I would take other substances so I could drink more. Like, I, I was, like, kind of, like, working it back and forth, you know, and it, and it, and it sucked. And like I said— me making the changes and stuff and being open and and wanting self-improvement you know how i said earlier uh self-improvement is a lonely place you don't you you can't have distractions you can't you got to work on yourself and you know like i don't i don't want it was tough it was tough love yeah and and you know a lot of times there was a silver lining to that very dark cloud Mm -hmm. and we didn't even know it at the time Mm -hmm. i was tore up by it too i was too i was like you know what fuck I'm get this guy. I made him. He's a co-host. He's a co-host. This is the ultimate, uh, a pinnacle of his radio career. He's always been a little stunt boy and a guy on the streets guy and taken as a joke. And he's now fucking sitting on Mike three, you know, a co-host. And 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 I apologize if you know I I didn't know what type of show you wanted to do today, so I'm sorry if I'm. Uh, oh no, you know, I I, it I down. just I I literally just wanted to do exactly 
Well, everybody can talk about what the fuck's happening in the world. I wanted to talk about what's happening in your world and get to, and get my fans and my people who listen to my show and people that have asked about you, kind of get them up to speed on like the last three years. I think it was nineteen when when you left yeah, the show, September nineteen, and 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 talk about what you got. You know, and we've lost your dad since then, mm. and you've gotten sober since then, and you've gone to therapy since then, and you've addressed. These very, very bad things that happened to you when you were a child. So I think there is no, I didn't have any plan for what I wanted to do other than what we're doing. I Look, I, I, I don't want anybody to think like I've got it all figured out. I'm just talking about what's worked for me. I don't want anybody to think like, oh, was, you know, Tuttle trying to be a psychiatrist or a psychologist. No, I'm just talking about my own experience. And and how I was able to. Well, but you also have spent some time with a therapist and, and a psychologist so that you can kind of talk about things that you've learned through their professional, you know, uh, expertise, so to speak. Yeah, I you know, the uh, the there's a couple. I mean, the one thing that I'm dealing with now the most is because, you know, being an only it sucks being an only child, man. It does, doesn't it? It, it does, because like, you know, like you have. A blood relative, you know, your sister and stuff. Yes. After after my mom, I have, literally, I have nobody after my mom's gone. And and how, and, how and is, it, now, how is her health? Because I always thought, and don't get mad at me, I always thought Wayne was a rock, yeah. and your mom was the one that has battled cancer twice mm-hmm. and beat it, and I always thought that maybe... You know the the less healthy of the two was your mom. She's tough, man. Though, like I swear, she's, she's just like a the tough Terminator. bitch, isn't she's she? She's like the Terminator, man. You can say she. I mean, she has. Plus, the hold on. Not only has she fought off cancer, uh, not only has she fought off cancer a couple times, but she had to deal with Wayne's demanding ass, and then she's got you as a kicker. Yeah, poor thing. <laughs> right. I, I, but my mom always said though, like it, she was like, I hope I don't go first. My mom, because my dad, I don't think my dad could have. No, your dad couldn't have made it. No, not no, like no. your dad, like your mom is so fucking strong that she could deal. It's not ideal, but she can sled through the toughness of not of Wayne not being around. Wayne, she's Me she and her get she, high every every night. Yeah, man. but she did everything for Wayne. Yeah, like she's old school Southern woman where she cooks her husband. You know, breakfast, she cooks her husband dinner, she yep. does the fucking dishes, she does, you know, like that's, your mom's an, uh, is an old school southern raised woman, yep. and Wayne was an old school southern man where he, my, 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 my wife does that shit for me. Yeah. She, you know, puts my socks on for me, she does the fucking laundry, like, right? Yeah, she, my dad worked extra hard because my dad wanted my mom, he wasn't like a chauvinist or anything, but he thought it would be best for me to be a stay-at-home mom. Hey, listen, I was rich as fuck, and I may be a chauvinist, but I always wanted my significant other not to work. I wanted them to, you know, keep the house up, clean, cook, take care of the kids, you know, live there, not be at a nine to five taking orders from some stupid fuck, you know, instead of instead taking orders from me, <laughs> you know, um, when I was really rolling, I, you know, I, 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 Nikki and oh. Heather were on payroll. Yeah, you know when I was in, I was like, you know, here, just take this money. It wasn't much; it was like thirty grand a year. And I said, but take take this money, and save it, and buy your little whatever the fucks. And you know, so that's I, that's. How's a big fucking house to clean though? God, no shit. <laughs> 
Heather did a pretty good job. Nikki was not a no, good cleaner no, at all. No. Nikki was the worst <laughs> fucking cleaner. Oh my god! After we broke up, I went into her. You know, we had this towards the latter part when things aren't weren't going well. She was sleep. You, listen, I know what room. Yeah, yeah. And for you, for you, anybody that's listening to this show, when no matter if you have ungodly work hours like I do, when your wife or significant other starts sleeping in the other bedroom, it's over. It's over because a real woman will put up with your schedule and be in that bed and with you every night. <clears throat> Even if you have to go to bed at, you know, six or seven o'clock like I do, they'll, f you know, but Nikki then uses his excuse to go, since I go to bed so early and she likes to stay up, she, you know, so we started sleeping in separate bedrooms. That is the absolute, the beginning of a demise of all relationships when you start sleeping in separate bedrooms. So, so she left, we, you know, we broke up and my sister comes over and we go in to, to deep clean that room. Oh, oh my God. Well, first of all, take them. I, I probably, I probably vacuumed up at least a half a bag of Cheez-Its <laughs> that, that were behind the headboard. Jesus. Cheez-Its and dog hair and dog poop. And I mean, again, I'm a, Tuttle, you know, I'm a pretty clean person. Yep. And, you know, I my house was clean, but her fucking bedroom was a pigsty because she just was, listen, she was beautiful. Oh. She was, I mean, she was hot as absolute yeah. fuck, but dumb as the day is long. I used to love the summer times, like when you'd invite me over and she would just be out by the pool, like sunning right there. Oh, yeah. I mean, I, you didn't mind. You knew we were all looking, right? Yeah, I, I don't mean, give a okay, fuck. Right, I was you know how I am. But, I mean, I, I didn't give a fuck. I mean, she was unbelievable. But, you know, the, the, the expression, you know, as hot as a girl is, somebody somewhere is sick of fucking her. Yeah. <laughs> that, that, that was me. But there's a good ratio, though. Like, you know, if they're way too hot, they probably are lacking in other things. Oh, yeah. She was, you know, she... Um, she, yeah, well, I probably shouldn't get into that. <laughs> I, I know, probably, I'm sorry. Yeah, I probably shouldn't get into to, to that, but, uh. I, maybe that was why I got drunk that night and I was like, oh, Bubba, nobody sleeps with him in his bedroom. And that's why you woke up that morning with <laughs> that me next to you. To the two, my two Tuttle stories <laughs> are this. One, we're in, we're, we're in, we're Daytona. in Daytona. <laughs> and I got this badass tour bus that's got this space age Fucking like you hit this button and the door opens for the bedroom and that then it'd be then, a half a million dollar. Oh yeah, then it pneumatically closed and um I mean that was when I was running hard, man, having, you know, million dollar fucking tour buses catered for me. And so I see Tuttle and I'm like, Tuttle, what are you doing? He's like, Well, you know, I'm just sitting in my car here in the infield. Uh I got hot passes, but you know, track's closed right now. So I just I go, I got a million dollar bus, buddy. If you want to fucking hang, Tuttle, I was good to you, yeah, motherfucker. You even where you're a dick. Do you want to? The funniest part about that whole story is when uh, Mike Allstott's bus pulled up next to it, and you were like, "I haven't seen Mike since we wrote all those songs." Oh, I know, I know, I know. And he was, but he was oh, cool as fuck, drunk as hell, just carrying a Miller Light cans look so small in his hand. I could not believe how big he is in person. And uh, and not only that, but remember, it was Ron, Ron White was there too. Yep. Mm -hmm. And I and and he's a big he was you know he's a big time you know comedian comedian so uh, I tell Tuttle I go um Tuttle rather than to and Tuttle was going to sleep in his car he had hot passes but if anybody knows anything about Daytona Daytona man hot passes are great but you got to have a parking pass or some type of like e there's nowhere to, there's a lot of downtime 
So like the press and things like that, there's it, they really don't have like you know any accommodation, so to speak. And to get and if you were had a hotel or something to get out of the track and to your hotel and rest up for a few hours and then back into the track is a fucking nightmare. Yep. Like once you get in the track, you might you, you might as well just you got to stay in there because you're getting back out then in is a like a two hour ordeal, even if you're media. And so I tell Tuttle, Tuttle, just stay with me. I got a fucking bad. I got a million dollar Prevost. Okay, that's great. So Tuttle's doing his shit. I'm doing my stuff. We're hanging out. Well, Tuttle all of a sudden says, uh, uh, yeah, boss, uh, uh, you think I can have the code uh, to your bedroom? I go, well, why do you, why do you want the code to my bed? So th- the one thing I, you know, Tuttle always kind of scared me, like, like maybe he'd <laughs> knife me in the middle of the night or something <laughs> like that. Because you got to understand, Tuttle and I had this relationship where he had fucked me over a couple times bad. And I'd always, like, try to give him a lifeline back, and we'd always end up fucking being buddies. But then you never know. Do you do you guys ever, like, are familiar with that cat, and you're scratching that cat's back, and it feels so good until he fucking claws you? Until he claws the shit out of you? <laughs> he's like, and he's And then you just, that one extra scratch, he doesn't like it, and he fucking nails you? Yeah. Well, Tuttle's like that. You're scratching his back, and you think it's good, but you never know when Tuttle's going to nail you. Turn around and swipe you. Yeah, so I always had in the back of my head that Tuttle is fucking crazy <laughs> and that he will try to kill me one of these nights. So I, I told Tuttle, you can spend the night, and the bathrooms are here, and there's a shower and whole nine yards, but you, my bedroom is my bedroom. Stay the fuck out of my bedroom. It's like, no problem, boss. I ain't got no reason to go back there, boss. All I need is a bathroom, a fridge. I see it's all stocked up. Uh, if I use anything, I'll replace it. Man, this is great. You know, I was going to have to sleep. Do you like my putt, my title impersonation? <laughs> yeah, I've always liked it. I, I was going to have to sleep in my in my PT Cruiser, boss, but this is going to be great. Wow, man, boss, this is the best. I got hot passes. I'm going to go talk to Bob Podgrass later today. And I remember the guy's name. Yep. <laughs> and, 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 like, I'm going to get some inside school. For you there, boss. I'm like, okay, Tuttle, here's the combination to the front door, okay? So come and go as you please. He goes, yeah, you think I can have the uh, the combination to your bedroom too? And I'm like, uh, no, you can't have the combination. So all weekend, the fucking guy is greasing me for the combination to my bedroom. And then I don't know how he figured it out, but one morning I wake up and I hear, and my door opens and there's Tuttle. And I go, Tuttle, what are you doing? He goes, oh, man, I was just using these numbers, and one of them worked, and I found out what your code is now. And I'm like, that's not right, Tuttle. That's fucked up, buddy. And then the other time is I was at my house, my big house, and Tuttle uh, was like, and I, I think I think it was when Nikki was still with me, I think. Yeah, and, and your your son, uh, Tyler, was there. But it, you, so I, I, I was wrong. I, you did not catch me in the bed. You were still you were still sleeping, okay? I woke up uh, out of a drunken stupor, and I'm like, holy shit, I'm in Bubba's bed right now. And your back's to me. I get out of there without you knowing, but then Tyler and them come in, and you were like, Tyler, did you did you come in in my room last night? And and he was like, no, no, because because the sheets had been all kind of yes. fucked up. And I had to admit, I was I. I go, I, I go, I go. Well, then who the fuck was in my room last night? And Tyler goes, Well, boss, I'm just gonna go ahead and be honest with you. <laughs> you know, I got a little too messed up last night, and I I, I couldn't quite figure out when I ended up in your bed. <laughs> but I got up about five thirty this morning, and I've been in my bed ever since. I'm like. 
Tuttle, you slept with me? Well, yeah, I guess, you know, from like midnight to five, I probably did. I'm like, oh my God. I remember telling Nikki, listen, this motherfucker is sleeping with me now. Like, I don't, I don't, I, 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 that's weird. Thank God you and had she, a big she, ass bed. And she was like, oh, he's just, you know, she loved you. She's <laughs> like, oh, he's just, you know, Tuttle. He, he's harmless. Like, man, one of these days, this guy's going to take a fucking hack at me and kill me. <laughs> I'm sorry. I mean, look, I, I. No, it's 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 funny now, buddy. It's 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 absolutely hysterical, is it not? Yeah, it is. You know, like if you, if you can't laugh at it, I you. No, have just... you have you made amends with Russ? Yeah, yeah. Me and I. Uh, you actually... know what? Me and Russ. Did you know me and Russ are close too? I I I did not know that. Yeah, I I text him from time to time and just check in on him. Um, you know, Linda um Bird left. Oh, are, reti- yeah. are retired. Do you know who is? Oh, yes. Okay. Oh, yes. And so I texted him, and I said, hey, Russ, and I'm not going to mention any names. Mm-hmm. I said, hey, Russ, Bubba. He's like, hey, buddy, what's going on? I'm on vacation or some bullshit. This was a while. This was when I they had announced who was coming. Yeah. And I said, hey, not for nothing, buddy. But, um, and you don't have to, I mean, I'm not trying to stir no shit, but the person that's coming uh, is not going to have your back like Linda did. And so be careful. Yep. And he's like, good to know. I go, no, for real. Like, have your shit button the fuck up. You know, Linda, I didn't realize how much power Linda had. Passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. From superchargers, roof rack, exhaust kits, LED lights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with the eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts that you need at the prices that you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Have you ever thought about why your wireless bill is so damn expensive? It's all just radio waves. How much can a radio wave really cost? Seems like wireless got together and decided, I don't know, 100 bucks a month or so. I think the people will buy it. What choice are they going to have? Now, thanks to Mint Mobile, you're going to have a choice, my friend. Right now, Mint Mobile has wireless plans starting at $15 a month. That's unlimited talk and text for only $15 a month. Mint Mobile's service in comparison to the big providers is just as crystal clear and just as good. You're just saving a lot of money. For anybody who hates their phone bill, Mint Mobile offers premium wireless for only $15 a month. All plans come with unlimited talk and text and high-speed data delivered on the nation's largest 5G network. Choose from 3, 6, or 12-month plans and say goodbye to that monthly phone bill. Mint Mobile gives you the best rate whether you're buying for one or a whole entire family and at mint family start at two lines use your own phone with any mint mobile plan and keep your same number along with all your existing contacts switch to mint mobile and get your first three months of premium wireless service starting at just 15 bucks a month to get your new wireless plan for just 15 bucks a month and get the plan shipped to your door for free you got to go to mintmobile.com forward slash bubba that's mintmobile.com forward slash Bubba. Cut your wireless bill to 15 bucks a month at mintmobile.com forward slash Bubba. 
Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Professional welder Shayna Ford used VR training developed by ForgeFX to hone her skills as a welder. The more time that you spend practicing it, that's what separates a good welder from a great welder. VR training can help students like Shayna repeatedly practice specific skills. Virtual reality definitely helps because the more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Explore more stories like Shayna's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. This is when I first, uh, I was supposed to do an event out there when you were on 93-1 The Wolf or something, The Wolf uh, over in Orlando. Right. And we were, we were talking shit about Russ at the time. And and uh, Linda Linda was able to get. He was like, "Nah, we're we're not on that station anymore." You you told it because Linda was like, "None of the advertisers want to be with us anymore." Well, you understand, yeah, Linda. So we were on ninety three one The Wolf or something like that, yep. and we were fucking doing pretty good. We were talking all kinds of shit about Russ, and uh, next thing you know, Shane calls me and says, uh, "Hey, we're gonna have to, um, you know." dump you as our morning guy. I'm like, well, listen, we're just getting ready to do the 12 boobs of Christmas. You know, I'm getting ready to do a live up. We were going to go live from uh, the dollhouse yeah. over uh, by the airport and uh, sign up girls for the for the free tits. And he's like, well, as of, you know, yesterday, <laughs> you know, they never know, you know what your last show is going <laughs> to no, be. And he's I... like, as of yesterday, you're done. You're done. And I'm like, what do you mean? He's like, well, Linda went and pulled her Linda fucking swag with all the advertising agencies, and we had 14 cancellations yesterday because you're the morning guy. I'm like, what? He's like, yep. So that, yeah, that bitch had all kinds all of swag. Juicy, yeah, man. <laughs> Did you know I went to John Morgan and got her an Alabama Roll, oh, yeah, yeah. roll Tide uh, sign? You know those? Yeah, oh, the hex out. Yeah. yeah. And uh, John delivered it. And so I went, I went over to John's about a month later, and I go, John, now you know, I mean, John's the, if there's any, John is the fucking Straight shooter. On, honorary, you know, governor of Florida. Like, he's the most he's the most powerful man. Like, you know, he mm -hmm. can get any deal done. John Morgan can get any deal done. Can he not? Yep. Like, and, and so I, I, he goes, well, I'll go over there, and I'll, well, I'll go over and work my magic. And so, uh, and he went over there, and I... I, I come over to his, back over to his office a month later, and he goes, "Well, I go how did how did the sign go? I mean, am I good? I, did you tell her I was sorry? And this is an offering." He goes, "I did." I go, okay, how's it good? And he goes, "Well, if you want to look in that day, so he had me look in this like two offices down, which is like storage." <laughs> It was in there. He said, she said, tell that fat motherfucker, there's, I'm, I don't want that piece of shit sign, and shove it up his ass. So it, it's probably to this day over there, or he's giving it to some other Alabama fan. That's how well it went. Oh, man. I don't know how. I, 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 I've not heard how the new person is. Have you? Um, No, I have not. Is she located in Orlando? Yep. Oh, so she she's there? Yep. On, on site? Yep. Now, are all the shows 
back in the studio now? Uh, they just got back uh, for the uh, probably maybe a couple of months ago because everybody was doing it from home. Like nobody was coming in. And and it sounds like shit from home. It does. And we never missed a beat. Like I couldn't, I wouldn't know how to do things from home. Like I, I don't think that you can do a show, you know, uh, remote. Well, I mean, Howard pulls it off pretty well. Howard's got the best yeah. equipment. Like you know, they uh, they got some really really good stuff, and they have like engineers and. You got to get the compression right too. You got you got to get like your your mic and everything set up to make it sound because it, right. it's going to sound like crap. Now, where are you got where now your mom bought a house? Yeah, yeah. Right. So you're not a, not in a trailer anymore. Yeah, dad dad was smart. He had a pretty good life insurance. I mean, I of course I'd want to have my dad, but sure. I mean, he, he he had you set up. Yeah, my mom was able to pay cash money, doesn't have a mortgage. She bought it like isn't pay that, for it all. But isn't that just so cool? Isn't that cool? <clears throat> like, you know, that your dad was that fucking responsible, mm-hmm. that he knew that he, I'm going to have a pretty decent life insurance policy that's going to set mama up, which will take care of numb nuts pad over here too, <laughs> and uh, they're going to be okay. Isn't that cool, though? Yeah, I mean, that's a testament to how much of a real man he was. Yeah. I, I You know, I, I, <laughs> I have a uh, life insurance policy at my new gig, too. Like, they give it to me for free. Like, I, I mean, it's a, it's a part of, you know, because I've been there for a year and I'm doing Do you leave it to Colton? Uh, my mom's the first beneficiary, and Colton's the second. Uh, see, do you, look who I'm pulling for, mm-hmm. because I'm going to tell you right now, out of your entire life, mm-hmm. from the day you started radio with Ron and Ron or the, the Crow, wherever the fuck you did, to speaking with me right now, the one guy that's really always had your back is Colton. Yep. That's a true friend. He calls me brother, and he's the only other guy that I'd say when I get off the phone, love you, buddy. Because he's just a fuck, and you know what? He is absolutely salt of the earth. I wish I was, all right. I wish I appreciated Colton more when he worked for me than I, like, I didn't really appreciate how good of a guy he was until after he stopped working for me. I wish, I wish I was responsible with as money as he is, though. Like, I mean, I, I, he won't. Well, hold on. He's, Pat, he's, he's way on the other end of the spectrum. He's the tightest human being known to man. But think of how much money, like, if you were just uh, 75% of what Colton is, like, how much money. I'd be, I would be. I would be a multi, 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 multi. I'd probably be worth $10 million. Yeah. I mean, at one time, Pat, I'm not trying to brag, but in my best year, which was 08 and in 08 and in 09, I made $6 million a year. I didn't take that home. The company made $6 million and I and took home, to and I took home about three, upper threes, call it three six, that I took home. So I mean, you know, I've probably I've probably made, I don't know, twenty five, thirty million dollars in my and yeah, probably. And if I would not have, you know, bought the oh here, I found these actually at my sister's house. I'm gonna turn the lights on. Uh-huh. These were twelve hundred dollars when I bought them back in the day. Hold on. My my Gucci uh, oh, God. fucking Whoa. over the top. <laughs> but do I need these? No. What about but all I, that gold? Oh yeah, I mean I got, you know, three, four hundred thousand dollars of gold Rolexes, you know, chains, Bubba chains. You know What was your most expensive car you ever owned? I bought a brand new two thousand it was either two thousand or two thousand and one 
um, Mercedes Benz V Mercedes V twelve S six hundred. I don't know. Here, let me ask. Hey Alexa, what was the retail price of a two thousand and one Mercedes S six hundred V twelve? Do you want to know the price for two thousand and one Mercedes S six hundred V twelve? Yes. From autodetective.com, the price of the 2001 Mercedes-Benz S-Class amounts to only 114,000 US dollars. And Pat, I paid cash for it. Ugh. I went down and put it on my black card. <laughs> and and ran they're like, I mean straight fucking pimp. Wow. Straight pimp. That's probably the most expensive car I ever bought. But I bought Heather, like, when we started, when we got engaged, I went down to Stingray Chevrolet, or no, to the Cadillac dealer and bought her a brand new, like, $75,000 Escalade, you know, on my black card. Um, and now you you're know. happy just driving a cop car. You still still drive a cop car? Well, I got a, I got a badass, I, I got a badass F-150, uh, 2019 uh, crew cab uh, Lariat four-door. <clears throat> I got a, I got a badass that. I got my cop car. I got uh, my smart my smart cars all been rehabbed, uh, and then I had I had an 06 Benz oh. uh, until the merch crick totaled it last week. Oh, is she okay? Yeah, the car's fucked. Yeah, she's okay. Of course, she's okay, but the car's fucked. Oh, I'm sorry yeah. to hear that. But but I saw you today rolling up fancy. <laughs> well, I mean, it's not fancy. It's Hold on, a- by fucking Tuttle standards. That's fancy. In fact, I thought you borrowed it from Colton. I thought, man, did you borrow Colton's work truck? <laughs> no, I, that's my dad's uh, truck that he uh, that the company when he retired gave it to him. So, really? What yeah. is it like a 2014 F one hundred and fifty? Yeah, F one hundred and fifty. Yep. Yeah, but you can't go wrong with that truck. Uh, you just, I just, I take care of it, change oil, fluids, all that now, stuff. Now, do, do you go over? Do you ever go over, go over to the to the trailer park that you used to live at? Uh yeah, yeah, but I mean, I think the guy's trying to sell it. I mean, it's it's run down. Like nobody's there. Is there I, no, I mean, is there anybody there at all? Uh there's a handful of people, but it's at, at its heyday. When you were under the hobo fish camp, at its heyday, wasn't there like when it was full? Winter, wasn't it full? Winter time, uh, they uh, all hundred and fifty spots were filled up uh, for about six months. Now, did they have year. electric and sewage, or was yep. it just in the rough? Elect- ele- electric and sewage. So you just put your pipe out the back and and it drains into a drain into yep. a into a drain. Yep. But like, because I was thinking, I was thinking about man, I got at my at my um, racetrack, I got like. 25 acres in that back where I could literally, yeah. you know, you could probably put. You could do it. A hundred. You could probably put 75 to 100, you know, pads because they all have a pad, right? Or yeah. is it there? Is it just dirt? Well, uh, they all had uh, concrete like slabs, like rectangular slabs. Right. That that's, where right you, mm-hmm. that's where you put your unit on. Right. Your unit sits on a slab. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. And then that slab can be a little bit of a porch too, right? Yep. Right. And I was in in Ocala. I was driving around. I don't know about a month ago, and they just opened this new one down the road, and it's like six hundred a month. Yep. Uh, six hundred a month to just to just park your shit there. Yeah. Now that includes, I think, 
they still have to pay their electric bill, don't they? Well, yeah, they they charge us depending on so all the things had meters, so you could you know ch- charge them for the electricity. Yeah, they, like the, all the electric went into one like one like little shed kind of deal, and then they had all the meters in yep. there, and then that's where the power company read your your meter to charge you your bill. And I think the I, what I think to do is a trailer park pays it, and then they go and get it from you. Yes, they do. And if they and if you don't pay it, then they just turn your power off. Yep. I mean, right? the guy was making, like, uh, I I think— There's the, big, big money in trailer parks. Yeah. I, especially down here. Yeah, front row—well, uh, you want to know where he cleaned up is, like, he would jack the rates for the special events. So, like, bike week, uh, speed weeks, all that stuff. So if a guy was going to bring a fifth wheel in mm-hmm. or a toy hauler yep. or something like that, you know, he might charge, you know, 300 a week. Oh, or, yeah. or something like that. Oh, yeah, right? he could definitely do that. No, yeah. my one buddy runs one of these, and they like they got cable or internet. I mean, like they got it all, right? Yeah. Does, that, but does it all go through the home home office? Yeah. Uh, well, we didn't really have any of those amenities there, but like because we had a satellite right next uh, put in, so that was there. But some of these places they have like the basic cable hookup. And so then, it, and this one guy. I know he like just the cabin store. He's got a little store mm-hmm. that he sells just you know your milk, bread, cigarettes, uh, you know just the amenities, toilet paper, um, you know whatever. Uh, they would sell bait sometimes. You you could get bait because we we're right next to the water. So like you you would have like a tackle shop in there as well too. And then and. And then now, do you have to have your now? You have to have your own water supply, don't you? Or can you hook up to city water? Uh, that guy had well water, but like they had hookups for everybody. Like so, you just pull in, and then you you just uh, run a hose and and uh, screw it into the side of your. I know, but trailer. I think you. I think each. I think if you're gonna have a. RV parks, you have to have, like, your own water processing kind of deal. Yeah, 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 you do. Which I don't know how expensive that is as far as well, this, as far as infrastructure, as far as getting, you know. This guy was so cheap. He, like, uh, they, the, uh, because you would have to, like, mix it with chemicals, so it would go into, like, this tank. Then the tank has, like, a liner in the inside of it. He had uh, taken an above-ground pool liner and just... Put that on the inside. It, it was it was the most white trash stuff, but that's why the water was absolutely horrible there. Now, now at at its fullest, what was the capacity of it? 150. And would you see it maxed out? Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Mm-hmm. And what was what was the fees back then? 500, uh, 450. It was tiered, so we were right on the water. So if you wanted front row, you're talking 900 a month. Hold on. For real? Yeah, nine hundred, and then it would go down by like a hundred every row you would get. So from if you're the water. waterfront, Willie, you're nine hundred. If you're two rows back, you're seven. Yeah. So think about it. There were twenty twenty spots on the, the waterfront. Water. That so nine hundred dollars a month on that, and then that's go, eighteen thousand dollars a month for for waterfront. Yeah, and then you go to the back, it goes down to eight hundred. So you're only and then and then you had like twenty rows there. So it, I mean, the guy was making money hand over fist during. When the snowbirds came down, like, he was cleaning up. But now he's trying to sell it? Yeah. Just because he's let it run down yeah. and shit. So another company is going to come in and buy it and then probably have to re— Is it is it, cent- is it nicely located? How far off of 95 was it? Um, You get uh, right there at 4-4. I'd say about five miles off of 95. Was it was it close to the Volusia track? Uh, No, no, no. Uh-uh. No, it's it's uh, south of Daytona, so you go. Oh, like, it's south of Daytona. Yeah, mm-hmm, like yeah. closer to like. Oh, hold on, closer to like New Smyrna. Yep. Mm-hmm. Oh, I thought you were up 
I thought you were up. Well, it, that's still Volusia County. Yeah, it's Volusia County. Yeah, Volusia County's big, yeah, isn't it? Is. it? It's 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 pretty big, man. You you would love the sheriff over there. Um, yeah, I don't like him. You know, no, because to me he's like a he's trying, Grady Light. I he's know. trying to be Grady. Yeah, he's trying to be Grady, and I've already seen the Grady show. So everything else to me is just like, ah, oh, you're just trying to be Grady. I, I you know, s- when I get to Polk County, I do stop right at the line to check all my lights. And I, re- no, I swear <laughs> to God, I do. I do. I, I check. Yeah, but you're not riding dirty. I know. I just don't want to get pulled over. I, but you're I, not riding dirty, bud. I, I know that. But, like, I just, I, I, look, I don't take any chances going through Polk County. I put it, I stay in the slow lane, put it on cruise control, and just drive through. <sighs> Well, Tuttle, man, I got to tell you that we we've been we've been on almost two hours, I think, hour and forty five minutes. The state of the Tuttle. We need to do this more often. Thank you for what, having me on. What about your your romantic deal? Are you going to start trying to get, get get some? You know? Yes, I am. I mean, I'm sure you can get a bone now. Oh yeah, I'm I'm taking care of myself like crazy. And, and you're off all the meds. Yeah, all the meds. Mm-hmm. How bad was it to de- to wean yourself off of all that shit? That was was the, it like like remember did you ever see the Ray Charles movie when Ray went through the de- the detox getting off of heroin and he like for two days was in bed like fucking having the DTs is it like that? It was the worst that I've ever had to get off of and when I told my therapist why how I got off of it and I told her I went cold turkey and she was like that was probably one of the most fucking dangerous things you could have done. As far as like maybe shocking your body, yeah, like she, yeah, it was it, yeah. It, it, she was like, "You're very, very lucky. You didn't like go into seizures or with cardiac arrest." Yeah, yeah, I'm being dead. It, that I did not get out of bed for a week. Now, did your mom know you were doing it? Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. So I mean, did she? Did you tell your mom? Okay, listen, I'm gonna get off all my shit, and I'm gonna and you know try to. And did, was she there to help? Oh yeah. Could yeah. you eat? Yeah. Could you? I mean, could I you? I didn't want to eat. I didn't want to. I didn't want to talk any. Just any like sound or anything. And I, I had to tell my mom and dad. I was like, look, if you want me to go somewhere to ride this out, not around her. But if I'm an asshole, I, I, I apologize. Like, so you, you did this while your dad was still alive. Huh? And that was, and it took you how long? A week? It took me a week before I got out of bed, but then I still was having, you know, like bad days and good days. And then I'd say about a month and a half is when I started feeling normal. You know, it's it's funny. Like I'll wake up some mornings, and old Todd was like, "All right, I need to get my first substance in my body to." I need to get some pills. You know, I need to get some alcohol. I need to do something. Yeah. And and I woke up the other morning. I was like, you know what? I fucking feel great. It was the first. You you remember when you were a kid and everything was great. Like this air I'm breathing. This is the best, best air I've ever breathed in my life. This right. is the best. Everything was great to you. Kind of like the way a guy might feel when he gets his first, when he walks out of the prison after 10 years yeah. and he's like, oh my God, if I want to go to McDonald's and get some fries, I can. If I just want to sit here and look at these fucking billboards, I can. The sky, like, you know, just sensory overload. I, well, you know, it's funny you brought up the, you know, facing five years. You know that 11 days in the hospital made me realize I never want to go to jail. Never want to go to jail. And I got to think that what you faced was jail light. Oh. Like, that's like light jail. Yeah, it is. The only, the only probably common denominator amongst it is they had a little bit of rules 
and you could not get out. But like it wasn't jail, or you had. To, I don't think you had to ever worry about anybody stabbing you or anything like that. Oh, did you? No, no. They, they. There is nothing there you could have possibly hurt yourself. Is there with. any? Was there anybody there that was cool? Um, I met this one girl. Um, uh, she very. She helped get me through that whole thing. Um, how long? Well, how long was she there for? That, that was like her third or fourth time, and she, but she was schizophrenic. Um, but like she would see things and 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 stuff like that. But she would have moments of clarity, you know. So she like helped me out. Like I started going to all the groups because I I was not going to the groups, and she was like, listen. Just go all these stupid groups. It'll help you pass the time. Like it, you would go in and you would um, like just do origami or crafts, arts and crafts and stuff. And you would, or you could have just sat in your bed and felt sorry for yourself. Yeah. But she said, "Hey, listen, go to this stupid shit because it just makes the time go faster." Yeah, it makes it makes it go by faster. And and it it was. And I I still talk to her. Did like, you get a chance? Did you guys get a chance to watch any TV? No, no stimulation at all. Bubba, no clocks, no TV, uh, one window. And the only time you knew what time it was is when the sun was going down. That's it. That's it. Coming up or going down. Yeah. And sun's coming up, it's about six, seven. Mm-hmm. Going down, it's about six, seven. Yep. Yeah. And, and like uh, coffee, they bring you decaffeinated. You couldn't have any stimulation. No salt, no pepper, none of that. It was the most bland. What kind of food? That was so horrible. It was worse than like, I actually liked school lunches growing up. But, I mean, these were bad. This was bad, bad, bad. And they gave me the worst, like, silverware. Well, not even so. It was plastic stuff. Like a spork? Yeah. Now, was there any hotties in there? There was one chick that was in there that had an actually an ankle monitor on because she had just got a DUI. And so she's in... She's in... Uh, she's in uh, the mental ward, but she's got an ankle bracelet on. That's a bad girl right there. Yeah, but now, you, could you fuck? Could you? No, have, I mean, no, no. What do you mean? Like, no, you couldn't have. <clears throat> like they just because they were always watching. There was this black woman that was there. She was probably about eighty-five, ninety, and patient she, or a worker. Uh, patient, and she was, you know, she like thought she was like a Southern Belle woman, you know, and she would walk around and she would get naked all the time, like <laughs> she would walk out and, and just because. Biggest bush and boobs hung down to like, and she her, didn't think anything about it. No, she'd walk out. Would they go give her the booty juice and put her TT nine nine? No, in? they would just walk her back in and put her clothes back on her. Like she didn't know any better. She wasn't violent at all, and, I, and and it made me feel bad because, like I said, that was the thing that opened up my eyes because I saw the common denominator in there were most people were on drugs or 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 self medicating because of something that happened to them. So when the day let's let's quickly before we mm-hmm. say goodbye, the day you come, I can remember it like it was nothing. We we get on the air. I think it was me, Janessa, you, and Lummy. Is that what it was? Yeah. Okay. Was Blitz? I think Blitz was here too on the and air. And Colton, Colton was still with the show too. Yeah. <clears throat> and we get on the air. We open the show up, and you're I'm like, Tuttle, what's wrong? And you're like, um, I don't know if I should talk about it. I'm like, well, what do you mean you know we should talk about it? Like we talk about everything. Well, anyway, you talk about how now we can talk about it now because you're I'm fine. You're, well, no, because you're not ex, like you're not. It didn't happen last night. This is something that happened mm. three, four years ago. So we're just recanting it. So talking about it now doesn't mean you're threatening to kill yourself. It no. means we're talking about when you did do that. So 
you're like you we start kind of peeling the onion back and you're like it it it, it gets down to the fact where I think you said you looked into the mirror. I didn't recognize myself. And you didn't? Now, is that a shoot? Uh, that's a complete shoot. Like, I, okay, so. See, here's what I always thought, mm-hmm. just to be totally honest. I thought that a little bit of this happened, but you you were you were, you were were tuddling it up a little bit, and then a, a little bit of a work turned into, into a, a, into a <laughs> yeah. shoot, and it got away from you. And and it, it got away from you. Do you know how much that would suck if it was a work and it became a shoot and I had to spend 11 days in yeah, that and so goddamn I, hospital? So that's what I thought it was. I thought it was a little bit of a work that you were feeling down, you know, and so like that. But you really didn't try to hang yourself and you were just freaked out and you're like, I'm just going to go with it just for the show. And then it just got turned around on you. And you did eleven days in the hole. That, but that's not that's no, not how it happened. I, that that would have been oh, that the worst. Would have me crazy. I, I was in a I was in a mental institution. I was an innocent man. Right. You're like the guy on death row that really didn't do it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Exactly. So, All right. So you look in the mirror and what do you see? A monster? Like what I, do you? I, I don't recognize myself. I did you see me? Did you see no. a fat guy? Did you just? I felt like an empty vessel. I felt. Like, I didn't have any organs in my body. I just felt like a shell. I felt like, and I'm not a religious person. I don't believe in souls and stuff like that. But, uh, you know, I kind of, I felt empty. I didn't feel like myself. And then I went and looked in the mirror, and I, it was like I could almost see into my skull. Like, it was just like almost like a ghost deal? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So then what? I, I, I tried to shake it off. I, I tried to put water on my face. Freaked out. I, I, you know, I, well, first off, I had tried to do it from the doorknob. Uh, that was kind of dumb. Uh, but then I tried that and, and it, it just slipped down and, and I landed on the bed and I was like, oh, I can't even do this right. And I was just like, I might as well get to work. So, but I, so you see, so you see yourself, but you don't see yourself. You mm-hmm. feel like a ghost. And then you take a belt, right? Uh, uh, no sheet. A sheet. And you try to do like you try to like hang yourself from the doorknob, kind of like what Robin Williams did. Yeah, and that didn't work. No, I, my my torso was too tall. I couldn't get any like <laughs> leverage on it. So, so uh, then you're like, okay, I'm going to do it from the ceiling fan. Yeah, and you know, uh, luckily, you know, Lummy uh, Lummy Construction, Construction USA. Yeah, and and Lummy Hootie Construction, right? Yeah, but and then I also don't think I tied it correctly as well too. But it started to buckle a little bit, and 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 my knot didn't like go all the way. So it, I just fell because my bed was right there. Right. I I brought over a little bit. Lummy had got me a bed, and you know, it was it was just matter of fact. It was all it was pretty much all a blur, man. And you know, I was high. I was high, high. and drunk as fuck whenever I went into the hospital. Um, and they drug tested me. Oh, you mean the mental ward? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I had to, I had to take a drug test before I saw my therapist for the first time. And Just recently? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, THC would have probably only been the only thing. Yeah, in it. yeah. That was it. That was it. But well, I was I'm, worried that they were going to be like, well, you know, why do you have a medical card? And I just was like up front. I was like, look, I smoke weed. Right. And and they. That is so not a thing now, though. Like it's not a big deal. And my therapist did not care. She was like, you know, it, it's an it's it's a good alternative you know, we, for we, some people. We had talked about off off air before we started how, like, if I, you know, I didn't really start doing weed until I was forty six. But and and you didn't really. You were never a weed guy, you know, much at all. You're no. an alcoholic with you know with a bunch of pills. 
man, if we had if we had concentrated on weed, and at far early, you know fifteen years prior to we did, I think both of our lives would have had a a, a different tra- trajectory or however you could say it. You know, like I think I think I think I would have been calmer. Do you and think he would have made less mistakes? I think I would have made less mistakes. I think I would have had less outbursts. If I was if I was high, you think I would have yoked you up in the corner? I would have said, you know, man, fuck you, Pat. Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> right? Yeah. I mean, like, you know, when but when you're not when you're not high, you, you're aggressive and you make stupid decisions and shit like that. I I mean, they've society has tried to demonize weed. I don't know. I think there's what thirty one or thirty two now states that recognize it at least you know medically. But I I can think in our lifetime that we're certainly going to see it, you know, globally or at least you know uh, within our within our country you know accepted as a recreational. I mean, fuck. I, what about I the th- microdosing on the mushrooms? Do you think, think you ever try? I, um, I've tried them. Oh, you have. Yeah, and it, and it, and it, and all it does is I don't I don't hallucinate. I don't see monsters. I don't trip. Does it make you appreciate life more? It 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 kind of just kind of makes you feel euphoric. Like, it doesn't make you see anything. Like, it's not, you know, I think you have to do the mushrooms that you grow in the ground, mm-hmm. you know, big ones, like, uh, you know, a lot of them, like grams, whereas I've done just these little, these little, like, look like little, you know, pills, encapsulated capsules, uh, and, and they're like super, super micro. I've micro-dosed, and it, it's, it's awesome. I was always I was always afraid that with my mental stability that it, I didn't think I I've never that's the one thing I've never done in my life because I was always afraid. Well, if you do do, I would say do it, but I would do it with weed. Mm-hmm. I'd be I'd I'd be high, and then I'd throw a couple micro chasers on there, but not a lot. You got you got, oh, you like, got, you like, got to dial it in. Yeah, like you know, like they'd say I took I took f- four one time. And it, and it pretty much it fucked me up to the point where I, so you had to back it down. You knew that yeah. You, so you, I knew three. So I did three the next time, and I was like, man, this is nice. This is really nice. Like I'm fucked up, you know, but I'm I'm coherent. Mm-hmm. I'm not you know fighting monsters and having these <laughs> fucking you know acid trip kind of deals. I'm coherent. I don't know if I would have driven necessarily, but I mean, I certainly wasn't you know like tripping out and. It wasn't uncomfortable. We've, I think, we've all been probably either too high oh, or, yeah. or too drunk that you're uncomfortable. You know, oh, yeah, I, 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 I wasn't uncomfortable at all. I was. It was cool. My mom uh, recently told me that um, it was at the Citrus Bowl in Orlando. My mom and dad went to go see Fleetwood Mac at the Citrus Bowl. Hot as hell that day. My mom, she was tripping on some mushrooms one time, and she's wearing like this sundress. Sally's wearing this sundress. All hot, and they had to spray her down with a hose, and she just got back up and was partying the rest of the day. But yeah, they, mom and dad used to party back in the day. Oh, I'm sure they they were right in that era where you know, like the the the, the hippies love generation. You know, that was a great time to grow up. Man, my dad got into it, but back to the drinking. Back in my dad's drinking days, he used to go to the Brass Rail in DeLeon Springs. Uh, and he always would keep an axe handle out the back door because he would get in fights there with people. But he kept the axe handle there just in case if it was more than one. Well, like, you know, drunks will fight. Two high dudes just want to be each other's buddy. You know, they just had that World Cup where they didn't allow any alcohol. to sit. No fights, no arrest. No. My buddy's dad was a Philadelphia cop, and he did off-duty off at the Eagles game. Oh. And he was like, man, 
the Did old, they really have a jail? Yes, the old veterans and the new veterans, or well, what, I don't think that's the veterans anymore, but what, the old veteran stadium and then subsequently the new place where the Eagles play have a jail that can fit about 15 people in there, and it's jam-packed, full of drunk. So the, 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 the guy that was a former cop would be like, man, to, we'd, and especially the, you know, Washington and, you know, some of their arch rivals. Like Philly, Dallas. or Philly, Phil- Dallas. Philly, uh, the Commodore. I, fuck, I'm going to call them the Redskins. I don't give a yeah. fuck. Like, I'm, I'm not <laughs> I know. trying to be, you know, anything in David. But, yeah. But, like, so, like, when they would, he, he, the guy was like, man, two, two drunk guys will be, they'd fight the fuck out of each other, beat the shit out of each other. They'd both be down there. He goes, but two high guys, you know, like, one guy would have a Giants jersey on and one guy would have, like, an Eagles jersey on. They'd be sitting side by side. The dude would be like, hey, man, I'm sorry your team lost, dude. You know, sorry, dude. The concessions, it, would it, you'd be able to make all types of money on oh, concessions, yeah. too. Like, hey, man, you think I can fucking get some of those nachos, my friend? <laughs> <laughs> you know, he would have this guy, this cop telling me that story. He goes, he never put a set of handcuffs on a high guy, but he said, I ran out of handcuffs <laughs> for drunk people. I mean, we're Philly fans used to throw uh, D-cell D batteries at Santa Claus when he would come out on Christmas yeah. Day. Yeah, exactly. Philly fans are the worst, <laughs> are the absolute yeah. worst. Uh-huh. So anyway, Tuds, we got to do this more often, but probably strategically make it so that it's not such a pain in the ass. Like maybe on a weekend that you were coming over. Now, do you what what are you and Colton's like? Um, I come over once a month. Once a month. Yeah, on a weekend. I, I usually do like Friday afternoon, Saturday, Sunday, and then leave Sunday and go home. Yeah. So maybe like, um, you know, like on a Sunday, you know, before you go home, you could just run it by here. Or on a Friday, whatever. Colton, like, you know, Colton wanted, to co- wanted to come today, but he was he was already out of town. And so. next time you, we do a podcast, let's and let's let's bring Colton in too. Okay, because Colton's very much part of 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 our of our show history, uh, if you will. Um, I, I do want to say this. You you want to uh, so Colton came and saw me every day in the hospital. But do you want to know who, what meant the, when your sister came and spent an hour with me? Like she is one of the sweetest people that i i've met through radio she is one of the sweetest people in life like she just is so and she's killing it her business is on it's just she's so i I just cannot say enough great things and i've not always done right by my sister i've been i've done some stupid shit uh and some mean stuff you know to my sister uh she's still here that's that's and, and she's just she's she's the best She's the absolute, and you know what? Thank you for 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 saying that, Tuttle. Thank you, Bud. So, any before we go, Tuttle, any questions you got for me? This is all we've peeled the the Tuttle onion way back from when you got touched at nine to to being in the Funny Farm. What what do you got? You're well, you're a, you're, a, you're a modern day uh, host. What do you got for me, buddy? Well, okay. Well, I mean, I I did have some of the questions, but damn it, I I, I we got into this deep conversation. I can't remember. There was one. Okay, now I know that you. Do you think if there was amount of money that anybody came back to you, could you get the the show at its heyday? No, and, and, no, you wouldn't. Nope, you would not. Uh, now, does that mean Manson, Spice Boy, Brent? Yep, me, Dave Rice. Yeah, or I guess the engineer didn't really well, matter. I, who's your? Well, I was going to ask you that too. Who was your favorite engineer? But you know, Dave Rice. Yeah, by far. Because he wasn't a co-host, you know. Now Tut, Blitz would be a co-host. Mm. He's a co-host and an engineer, 
I'd put Blitz in there if it was in you know a, a combo deal, but just straight engineer, yeah. uh, Dave Rice. I just I fucking lo- now hey, Thomas C. Cox. Yeah, I, I liked a- I liked Thomas. Uh, he was great, but you know I think he was probably way overqualified for for what he was doing. That, and I, he went on to go on to do big things in TV. I think so. That bridge is unrepairable between those people. I mean, I I know that. I mean, but I I you never say never. Like no, I, I, no. No. no, I mean, look what Spice Boy did to me, Tuttle. I know. I mean, look what the fuck he ruined my life. Had he not ripped off that sex tape, I, I could have very well still be at Cox, syndicated in you know nine markets, uh, far n- at least not black. But I mean, I'm truly blackballed from radio. I'm truly blackballed, and some of that's my own doing, but a lot of it's not. And I take responsibility, and I'm the person that hit record on that, but I'm also the person that knew that it was never going to go anywhere, and I certainly would have never wanted anybody to see it. You know, I'm not the person that stole it and distributed it. I did hit record, and you don't think I've paid a price for that? I mean, how much more do I have to pay for my mistake? And it seems as though, you, you, I mean, you're an, you're an outsider looking in. I'm the only one that's really been punished for it. Yeah, Everybody else. People I got mean, paid. People I mean, got new gigs. People got the got job of their life. I mean, and you know what? Let's just talk about that. How does that guy continue to fucking pull the wool over people's eyes and continue to have that much power with that little talent? I it it's it it dumbfounds me, Bubba. It, it really, really does. And and how he's been protected for. I mean, I don't know of anybody that could survive a fifty, sixty million dollar verdict. That's supposedly what Cox settled with Hogan for. I I, I don't know that Howard Stern could could survive that. Let alone myself or that fucking hack. You know, like how, like how does how does he survive that? What am I? Maybe you can help me as what am I missing? He's got something on somebody. But all of the management has changed. Everybody has changed. Kim Guthrie's gone. Keith Lawless is gone. You know, Steve Smith is gone. Everybody, a new group, a new group, the Apollo group, the Apollo, you know, Apollo Global Management Group bought, bought it. You know, bought bought Cox. Yeah. So the, the nobody that he could potentially have something on is there anymore. Um, help me understand this. All right, so, be my therapist. All right, so here, boy, I, how fucked up is it when I'm asking <laughs> Tuttle for therapy? All right, so one of the things I've learned in therapy is you you can't harp on the past, and but you also but have. Man, it's to, tough. I know it, it's tough, but one thing particular, like because I always think of if I would have made this decision, something so small, something so small that you just thought was insignificant, that when they came to you and asked you if. They, you wanted them to fire Mike Calton. Oh. Now, hear me out on this. And and at the time, you were being a nice guy. You you didn't. You were like, you know, he can be on the station. But just think, if you would have been a dick, if you would have been an asshole, and you would have said, no, I don't want him. I don't want him on my station. Do you realize how much stuff would have been different? Just from a very simple question. I know it all dates back to that. It, like all, it, it all dates back to me, and I know this is pro Bubba, but that all dates back to me being nice to him. Yep. It dates back to me saying, 
No, I uh, and and he he swears to God that that never happened, but it, it did. And you know, Jay O'Connor actually verify. I mean, it it I why why would I make that up? Like, I mean, fuck, why would I make that up? But if I had just said no, you know what? I I I got rid of him for a reason. He's going to end up being a problem. Uh, just get rid of him and just put some other job. Because at that time, remember, I was the only one allowed to talk. They were playing eight to ten records. Yep. They were a classic rock radio station. Mm-hmm. And, and you know they they didn't become talk until after and 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 you know what you know what really fucking really this this happened as early as yesterday. Oh, I, so, so I'm 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 driving somewhere and I'm listening to 1025 the Bone, and they got a urologist doing men's health questions. Wow! And they got a they got a guy running the board and they got a urologist answering phone calls about my men, Dr. Mark right about men's health and then coming up next. Is Dominic Ferriello and ask the Dom, you know, which I'm like, my God, that whole fucking station was built around me. And now they and and, and then they fired me. And now they have taken things that I was I was the first radio person. Howard didn't even have a men's health segment. I was the very first person in the history of radio to have a weekly men's health program. I was the first person in radio to have a lawyer program. I was the first person in 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 radio, uh, you know, to do to do that thing, and they've now be, you know been doing it for you know ten well over ten years. And you know they're making a lot of money on that one. Oh too. yeah, it's all brokered. You yeah. know, so they tell Johnny urologist, hey, we're going to put you in on Saturday uh, at uh, nine a.m. Uh, and we're going to charge you twenty five hundred dollars to have an hour, you know, worth of uh, you know, it's basically an infomercial for your business, and uh, uh, it's just. I, I, can can you help me understand, buddy? Well, I, I mean, you, you can, worked there. I I worked there, and I wish I would have seen, uh, been more vigilant and and seen what's going on. But I never thought in a million years that that's how big this is. That never in a million years would I have thought that this this big of a there were so many moving pieces in this as well too, Bubba. So how how I mean this is almost like on a CIA level almost like it was very covert, never in a million years. But now looking back on it and and since I had heard all the information, I'm like, uh, yeah, I could kind of see where that was going on. And 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 I don't want to let the cat out of the bag, but I think uh, a lot of it, uh, you know, has to do with the Don Buckwald Tony Tony Burton stroke slash world. You know, I, 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 yeah, I think that, you know, I think, well, I mean, I, I, I haven't said this publicly, but Leon Black, uh, who just most recently resigned, he's the founder of, of Apollo Global. He's the guy who invented and came up with this, you know, global management hedge fund back in the nineties. Guys can go ahead and Google it here. I'll, I'll do it right here. Uh, Hey, Alexa, who is Leon Black? Leon David Black is an American investor and the co-founder and former CEO of the private equity firm Apollo Global Management. Black also served as the chairman of the Museum of Modern Art in New York City from July 2018 until July 2021. Am I not right now? Man. So he starts Apollo Global. They go on to be one of the hugest fucking firms. Well, guess who? Because I went to Howard's wedding. Nobody's going to dispute that. Uh, and guess who are best friends? Don Buckwald and Leon Black 
are best friends. They sat at each, they were at each other's tables. Uh, at that table, actually, consi- boy, what a power table. Listen to this table. My table was me, Brent, our <laughs> wives, Sa- and Sam Simon, the inventor of The <laughs> Simpsons. Okay? Yeah. That was my table. Uh, uh, the uh, the t- Leon Black with his wife, Billy Joel with his wife, oh. Don Buckwald with his wife, and Donald Trump. That was that table. So you're going to, tr- I mean. Do you think that, you know, like. This is a. Leon Black owns the the company that owns Cox, and Mike Calta is represented by Buckwald's uh, company, which I don't know why the fuck they would represent a hack like that. And there it is. There's you know how you said he's got dirt on somebody. Yeah. He didn't have dirt on somebody. It's he, just who he knows. It's who he's hooked up with. There it is. Man. There it is. And and Howard, who's a super great friend of mine. Doesn't even really, like, I've not even had an opportunity to break. Like, Howard doesn't want to hear this yet. No, no, no. But that's. But that's how good friends you are. You you probably wouldn't even want to bring him into it. No, I don't. I don't. But that, Man. that right there is how shit works, and it's how it worked against me. So this motherfucker who, who you know, stole my sex tape, Spice Boy, brokers it, tries to extort Hogan, can't get anything out of it. Near, should have been arrested by the FBI, but the FBI doesn't follow ch- file charges because the victims are me and Hulk Hogan, which don't make for good, you know, don't make for good victims. You got a pro wrestler and a shock jock as the victims. That's like that's like a drug dealer complaining that he got his you know, <laughs> like drug dealer being a victim. <clears throat> so they know process. Spice Boy uh, gets off scot free. Then there's no more value to this tape other than to give it to Calta to get me fired. He sends it to Burton. Burton gives it to A.J. Delario. They publish it. Cox fires me, promotes Calta, and the rest is fucking history. Have you ever? It's the largest. It's the largest verdict in the history of Pinellas County. A hundred and forty-one million dollars. Did he? Did he like like the lottery take a lump sum or like? No, no. Uh, of he out, out of the one hundred and forty-one million. Uh, they filed bankruptcy, and Hogan was their largest creditor. He got Hogan got thirty five million, and then after pe- paying off Peter Thale, the people that financed it, he put nine million in his pocket. Then he hired uh, Ken Trakel, who was co counsel on the Fer- Hogan versus uh, Gawker deal, and they filed suit against Cox. And supposedly, I don't know this to be true, but rumor has it, so I've been told, Cox settled for fifty two million. So Hogan put $60 million in in his pocket on the sex tape. Mike Calta got my job, and I'm sitting here doing a podcast with you, my friend. <laughs> <laughs> I think that pretty much sums it up. Yeah, yeah I mean, let's you go got, get high. Fuck right, it. Bye. <laughs>